Yo, it's the kid Travis Lindsay. Uh, I'm no longer doing the Boys Club podcast because my best friend died. Now I'm doing my own podcast. It's called The Church of Common Sense, which was inspired by the Boys Club podcast, where I just talk about things going on in the world today and me trying to understand and figure them out. If you're not into ranting, bitching comedy, that's fine. That's okay. I have a Disney podcast, which comes out bi-weekly, and you can listen to that one. We're Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all that random shit. You can listen to that one, where I get drunk and I review Disney movies. So if you like rants, go to The Church of Common Sense. If you like fun stuff... Go to Hi Dad Soup Podcast, where I get drunk on Disney-themed drinks and food. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Fuck Scott McLean. And if you follow me, I'll tell you whether or not Sarah bombed on Valentine's Day. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. And welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan. This is a comedy variety talk show where I get personal with comedians, creators, and characters. And honestly, you guys, if you are a new listener, this is the perfect episode to listen to that encompasses what this podcast is about. This week's guest is a good friend of mine hilarious comedian, intoxicated regular, Matt Baker. Matt's done a bunch of episodes of the podcast. I always love having him on. He's actually part of the reason I started doing stand-up, and I truly enjoyed every minute of this podcast. This is Matt's second solo episode, and this is just me peeling back layers of Matt Baker. This is just such a great example of the person behind the comedy. Probably for about two-thirds of this episode, we talk a lot about stand-up comedy. So comedians listening, I think you'll love it if you are like us and you like to talk about this type of stuff and geek out over comedy. But there's so much more of this episode, you guys, because we talk a lot about imposter syndrome. We talk about insecurities, mental health, the idea of being at an age where you feel like you have to reach certain goals. We talk about connecting with nature. You guys, this is a true like Rogan episode with Matt Baker and you're going to fucking love it. Um, I truly loved this episode. It was just such good conversation all the way through. And that's why it's a long one. So I'm truly going to get to this episode. I do need to do some plugs, though. It's very important that I do this. Because Matt Baker is a mover and a shaker here in the Halifax scene. He actually hosts a weekly room here in Halifax at the Daily Grind on the waterfront. And that is every Wednesday night. And I especially love this room because this is where I did my first set. As of now, it is no longer show up, go up. This is kind of a booked open mic. But... You do get a mix of people. You get to see newbies. You get to see amateurs and pros. It's just fantastic. So please keep that in mind on Wednesdays at The Daily Grind. And um, I'm not sure if I have any listeners in the Tatamagush area, but this is very exciting. I'm actually on a show that Matt organized and is hosting in Tatamagush on February 13th. That is next Saturday. My first out-of-town gig. So very excited. And a big thank you to Matt for putting me on the show. 
This is a Valentine's Day show. I'm I couldn't be more excited uh, to do my jokes at a comedy show. This is the most fitting show for me. Um, so I'm so excited about this. This is by donation only, and it is at the Grace Jollymore Arts Center in Tadamagush. Um, so if you're in that area, if you want to come see an awesome comedy show on Valentine's weekend, I'm gonna be there. Matt is hosting, and it's also featuring Sam Bartol, Clifton Cremo, Brittany Campbell, and Chris Halef. I am. I'm just so jazzed for this. So, hey, you should totally come if you can. I hope to see you there. I will do one more plug that doesn't involve Matt Baker, but does involve me. And that is actually Ladies Night at Oasis. This Tuesday coming, you guys, February 9th at 8 p.m. Of course, a super special show for me to do because it is showcasing women in comedy here in Halifax. And if you don't come, you don't support women. Just kidding. I understand things happen. You can't always come, but I'd like you to come. Honestly, it's going to be a great time. Good friend Adrian Gabriel is headlining. Alva Marie Sparkles will be there. There is a newbie that I'm particularly excited about. It's just stacked full with awesome ladies, and it's always a super fun night. So there you go. You have a shit ton of show options. I did a bunch of plugs. There is no excuse that you can't come to at least one of those things that I mentioned. And please follow Matt Baker on social media. He's always doing shows and posting about shows. So obviously, if you're a comedy fan, please follow him. And of course, follow the podcast on social media if you dig it i would love an apple podcast rating or review we are approaching 200 episodes baby and there's nothing i would like more than to make it back on the top 100 charts and comedy interviews that would just be so nice do also make sure to check out the intoxicated youtube channel and the intoxicated patreon page because matt baker and i actually recorded a patreon bonus episode when he was over for this one and what you guys will get to hear if you sign up on patreon is my first real bomb um i actually recorded it so i played it back with matt and we kind of analyzed it a bit broke it down talked about it and honestly yeah you gotta pay to hear that so that is going to be up on patreon on the weekend so yeah pay some money support the podcast and hear me bomb so this is a jam-packed episode and i'm gonna get right to it i hope you guys enjoy this week's episode with matt baker Outside of comedy, <laughs> do you? A um, lot of people are like that. Dude, outside like of that. comedy, yeah. I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you a crazy story right off the gate. Okay. I the place I live in is like a six bedroom house out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I hate meeting new people. I really hate it because uh, confidence wise, I feel like I'm just a fucking bag of shit. Like when people introduce me, like, oh, this is Matt. He's a comedian, and they're like, oh, are you a paid comedian? You're like, no. You're like, what do you do? You're like, oh, I'm a raft guide. So I have like, I have such an issue with how I portray myself and I feel like everyone just looks at me like a fucking bum like dude you're gar- how old are you you're 30 and you do this and you do that like you're you're useless so I'm so afraid to meet new people because I'm afraid that they're gonna look at me and be like you're you're fucking trash so I'll avoid meeting new people at all costs because I don't want to have to go through the idea of like watching them and be like oh that's kind of neat and then meanwhile in their head be like this guy's a fucking idiot so I was at my buddy's house that I live with, and he was having some people over. So I faked having a headache, locked myself in my room for more than six hours, and didn't want to go out to use the bathroom because I was afraid that I'd run into someone. So I 
I live on the ground level, so I just went out of my window and took oh. a piss outside and then crawled back in. This was like literally last like six months ago, probably. But like you just. There I'm, is a lot to unpack in this. Dude. You just gave me the intoxicated golden ticket, Matt. <laughs> you just gave me so much. It's just a funny story I've, I've where I crawl out a window to piss. Things to talk about with Matt and I jot down some notes, but I don't even need this anymore. <laughs> We're good. Why does every fucking comic have this weird like, I'm a piece of garbage. I'm not confident. I'm... Like, seriously, you come off as so confident on stage. I you come off as a confident dude. Stage is different, though. And, like, when I know people, I know But people. also real life, too. But, like, like where's, real, real life in what sense? Where Where do you see the lack of confidence? What are you not confident about? Like, everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Aren't you, we're going to introduce you right away because I just want to just get into this. Because I'm, I'm going to forget to introduce you. <laughs> um, welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast, everyone. Uh, I'm here with a second time solo guest. Ooh. That's what happens when you bring pizza. You get a second solo appearance yes. on the podcast. Um, and, the, and honestly, probably one of your best um, accolades is you were the first person ever to write my name down on a lineup. Matt Baker's here! Hey! <laughs> I'm here. Welcome back! Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I love coming and doing this. I love talking to the mics. And it's good. It's good. It's fun. I like it. It's uh, It stretches. It gives... What I've noticed is because is like Travis and Scott are now doing podcasts. Yep. And when you hear uh, comedians do solo podcasts, yeah, you can hear them like coming up with future jokes, yeah, on the spot. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I wish I could do that. <laughs> Albert and I, when we fucked around, like we kind of did that, but like Absolutely at the same time, it's I don't know. Do you do you write your stuff off of experience? Like, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I don't even know why I asked that, but like most of your jokes are just life stuff, right? Yeah, and honestly, um, it's interesting because I've been thinking about it. I'm in this new, um, Alva put together this like new comics kind of group on Facebook, like just a yeah. bunch of newbies. Well, I didn't get um, invited, so. <laughs> Thanks, Alva. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because it's kind of newbies of all levels. Like, um, so there's this girl, Farah, who is a real newbie, hasn't even done her first set yeah, yet. Yeah, you mentioned her. Uh, she's coming over tomorrow to practice. I'm so excited. Nice. But, um, when does she, she want to get up? She's going up on ladies' night Ooh. on the 9th of February. Uh, but it's interesting because Alva will give us like little challenges, like write a perspective joke or write. And I just go, I'm not doing that. <laughs> But no, because I my best stuff comes from shower thoughts, walking down the street, thinking something so, like it, it, it. I literally will just get a spark. Yeah. And then I have to step aside and go, OK, write this down. Like if, whether it's in the joke book that you gave me yeah. or my phone or whatever I have at the moment. Yeah. Write it fucking down and then expand on it. But I have to embrace the moments of. Like something authentically coming to me. Like oh, if I yeah. sit down and go, I have to write a perspective joke. I don't know where the fuck to start on that. No. You know? Yeah, forcing yourself to write is such a difficult thing. No and matter where you are in comedy, I think like as you get good, 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 you're probably like a little more likely to be able to like sit down and be like, okay, what do I think is going to be funny? I'm going to write down these words. I'm going to bubble off of them and see where it goes. But, yeah. Like, 
Also, at the same time, I find with those types of jokes, there's a larger chance for you to step on someone else's bit because you're just trying to think of something funny. Whereas, like, when you're talking about things that occurred specifically to you, yeah. they're tailored to your experience around them. And the humor is the fact that they occurred to you and how you navigated them. Yep. And that's the thing about what I'm embracing now, which is, like, I have a life that's made for jokes. Yeah. The shit that I experience, the interactions I have with people, the things people say to me, like, it's just like, yeah, this is, I can write jokes on this this stuff. I have a fairly unique life. Like, I actually want to start making jokes about podcasting, because I'm like, not many people podcast. For sure. Why not? Like... You know, it's like, one of those things that as long as you're able to break it down, explain it to everyone easily enough, and then you can start poking at it. Yeah. Whereas like if the way I would say is like if you're going to dissect something, make sure that everyone in the class knows what it is that you're dissecting. Yeah, so true. Don't you be like, all right, we're going to cut up in the stomach. Be like, is this a rat or a bird? And you're like, no, this is definitely a rat. You can tell because of this, this and this. OK, now let's get it open. Yep. 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 Which is like. All this like new witchy stuff that I'm talking about, <laughs> I pretty much uh, on the weekly I'm finding new things to make fun of. Yeah. But it, what's interesting about doing this material is, is like I'm trying to say this stuff is fucking ridiculous, but I buy into it. You but know, like, like, but it's important <laughs> to laugh at yourself in that. And yeah. then like, there's also like the kind of like, isn't this silly? But also, you're like, but I also take it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I bought twelve crystals. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it is uh, what I will say is is I find writing groups to be uh, I don't know I run the risk sometimes of like having people write my jokes for me yeah and I don't want that ever it's different if you know like like you've given me tags like people have given me tags which are like subtle things that I can add on to my joke yeah, to make yeah. them better but like it's another thing for people to just go like you could say this and give me a whole punchline and yeah, I go yeah. oh that's like not at all where I was going with this joke. Yeah, and then it's not your voice, and then it's harder for you to remember, and it's harder for you to deliver because you feel like you're reading it as more as just projecting like exactly. your own thoughts. Exactly. So it's kind of a tricky thing to navigate, but I think she's she's doing something really cool, which is kind of empowering these kind of women hanging around the scene that are like either don't do it a lot or like they haven't started yet. Like we're just trying to kind of get yeah. these new this new blood sort of circulating and it's, uh it's a good. it's a tough thing to jump into i mean like for yourself i mean you you, <laughs> you, you won't argue this when i say it i hope you won't argue it because i do think like you had almost a easy birth into it because of being part of the podcasting and you invited so many comics on that you mm -hmm. became a comic before you even did comedy yeah yep. whereas like everyone else is kind of coming into the scene where it's like here's all these people that they don't know and comics yep. aren't necessarily the most approachable individuals no and that like was, if you yeah. don't smoke and you don't drink like that's it you're fucked <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's like you're like when are you gonna talk to them are you gonna like walk up to the table of comics and be like hey i'm paul and they're all, all six comics sitting at the table are gonna look at you they're gonna be like oh hey paul and they're all gonna nervously be like what the fuck is paul doing and then yeah. when paul leaves they're gonna be like look at this fucking idiot like that's how we are because we're yeah. like we're just weird people yeah so if, if there's any chance for people kind of getting in it's like uh, it's like those doors in apartment buildings. Like there's like the main thing where there's the foyer, and yeah. then you're in. And it, 
for most people in comedy, it's you're either out or you're in. There's no foyer. So what she's doing, it sounds like, is creating this like foyer. cool little foyer where people yep. can hang out and be like, okay, when I'm ready and someone opens the door for me, I'll be able to sneak in. It's also accountability, um, I think, too, because it's like... I don't want to say that she gives homework, but it is kind of this becoming a, a weekly thing for us to chat, mm-hmm. and we do Zoom calls and stuff, and it's kind of like, well, did you did you do the challenge? No. Well, what did you do? And so we're kind of like encouraging, like even if um, like there's some some uh, Taylor Lockport, do you know Taylor Lockport? Yeah, New Brunswick. Yeah, she's in the group, and like they don't have any stage time, but she's using it as a chance to learn how to write. Yeah, which and I'm is like, good. that's fucking awesome. So it, it's it's. It'll be good. Like, it's really, really cool to see. And with this, uh, shout out to Farah because she's a listener, too. She's probably like, they're talking about me right now. Hey, Farah, hey, can't Farrah. wait to have you up at Daily Grind. Come on down. Farah, I can't wait for us to be on a lineup together, because then it's Sarah and Farah. <sighs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> Not at Daily Grind. You come around here with your fucking matching names, you're out of here. But what, what was cool about her was, like, she messaged me being like, I've been watching shows. And when I saw the Spooky Bitches comedy show, it was the first time I saw so many women. Yeah. I had no idea there were so many women, like, doing stand-up. For and, sure. And it made her want to approach me. And she actually watched my, like, little blog, stupid blog series that I did. That's good, though. That's, and, that and makes it yeah. more accessible to people. And then also, like you're saying, like, females in the sense that, like, it's tough yeah. to compare yourself. It is. And it's. it would be tough to go to a show and see and not really know, like, oh, yeah. who to talk. Like, and this is the thing. Like, and this is why I've always said, I'm like, I did not have the standard experience. No. My experience was definitely unique. Mm-hmm. And it's not the standard. Yeah. The standard is, is like, I would say that the standard would be like, oh, my friends think I'm funny. Yeah. Your friends <laughs> think you're funny. Then you go to a show. Then you watch it. And then halfway through watching it, you're like, I think I'm funnier than that person. Yeah. And then yeah. that gives you the one up to be like, okay, I'm going to try this. Yeah. But I will say this in the sense of like female comedy and comedy comedy in the sense that like it's difficult because you guys may not see something relatable, right? And yeah. we love to have females on the show whenever we can on the lineups. However, I will say I think it's equally as important to justify the fact that when you're trying to find relatability, it shouldn't necessarily come gender That's right. as much as it should come I relate to that person because I'm funny and they're funny. That's oh yeah. So that's if hey, I see someone hey, on the stage yeah. and they're funny, yeah. I'm funny. That's relatable to yeah. me. Yeah. So then, like having female comics is great, but like the the relatability I would love for people to see is just the fact that like, oh, they're a girl, I'm a girl. It's like no, they're funny and, and you're I'm funny. funny. That's yeah. why I want to do this. It's like so I I kind of um have started correcting people when I get because fe- people do love to give me feedback and I welcome yeah, yeah. feedback. Um. But when it becomes, um, you do this. And I also noticed that this other female comic does this. I go, okay, but like, could you not compare me to like a a dude who does something similar? Like, it's just little things like that where it's like, I know that like, it's an instinctual thing for people to do that, especially if it's similar styles. Like, I would argue, I know that, like, mine and, say, Vicky's subject matter are kind of similar. We're different styles. Different styles, way different delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, like, it's, it's just, like, stuff like that. You're right. Like, we should be talking as comics on an equal level of people who are, like, trying to be funny and learn to be funny. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah embrace the funny kind of thing and that's like honestly that's like what i would hope for anyone is that like if they're trying to come into comedy 
they're trying to find relatability in the fact that this is what I think is funny and that person thinks that's that's funny as well. That's why I want to kind of do this as opposed to like, I'm a guy, he's a guy, that's cool. Or exactly. she's a girl, I'm a girl, that's cool. Like, yeah. It's, if, if funny's the base of it, then you're only going to go up. That's right. You're only going to go up. But having that cool foyer group kind of thing that you guys are doing, like, that's sweet because it's it's such a weird thing to get into. And um, when you're trying to get into it, it can be such an intimidating monster. Yep. Because and, people oh are just unapproachable. We're not. And if you see, like, Halifax is a great scene to the point where there's a lot of people that do really well. So then you're like, fuck, I'll never be there. It's like, everyone eats shit. Like, we all eat a bag of dicks. Like, the, the only way you get here is by eating the bag of dicks first and then realizing, like, oh, I just got to do this and that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally. And we, we just, we need some new new comics. We need some new blood. We need a new class. I, I wouldn't say we need anything. It I would think, be nice. I think comedy just needs to, I think people who are in the scene need to continue to write no matter yes. what. New blood's great. Don't get me wrong. However, to introduce a new thing just because you're like, I want to freshen it up. I like, introduce it if it's good that's it that's yeah. the end of the day like don't try and force something into somewhere because you want to see diversity that's Force true. something into somewhere because you really think it's going to better the product yep that's true and in all fairness there are men in the new comics thing it's just they haven't engaged because there's mostly well, thanks women. for the invite alba <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was weird it ended up being like way more women um but i mean I think the mentality though is different too. The what? Mentality, the mentality between like women and, and men and how they communicate. And Ooh, let's go there. Sure. <laughs> well, here, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, you were talking about how you're afraid of writing jokes or, or like having people write jokes for you, but will you go to that group and kind of s- share a premise? And do people share premises on there? I've shared, we've only had a couple. Um, yes, yes, they have. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes. So, like, for me personally, I, like I was saying to you earlier, like, I if I write something in this book, no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. No one knows about it until I go up on stage and say it. And then that way, no one can tell me that it's not funny before I, I find it. I actually will sometimes be like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Get an initial reaction and then go, but I'm trying it on stage. Yeah. I don't let, in other words, like, I wouldn't let someone's opinion of, like, seeing a, a premise typed out or yeah, yeah. or, or uh, hearing me do it, like, in conversation. I wouldn't let that stop me from trying it on stage mm-hmm. at least a couple times. Yeah. Especially, like, when I started, like, it was so much of that. It was so much of, like, those show up go-ups were so great for that. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. like, I, mean, I would fuck. think of a joke... And then the next day, be able to try it. Which is huge. And, like, that was so helpful for me. Like, you have no idea. Like, it truly was, like, a rocket launch for me. And I think it was a rocket launch for everyone because we kind of forced people to, like, fucking write new shit. Because yeah. you're going to get time. Why not use that time to work on your shit? It's a gym. Know? It's a comedy yeah, gym. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wish we could still do it during the winter. But, like, it's so difficult to justify with the limited occupancy and, like, be like, oh, yeah, we're going to have 15 comics on the show and they're all going to sit inside. That means we're all going to get 10 <laughs> audience members. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. So. But yeah, no, the sharing, it is a we. I straddle a weird line with that. Um, and I think I pick and choose who I talk to about my jokes, too. Yeah, yeah. Because there's just some people who just don't, straight up, just don't understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, and, and honestly, too, like, I would be, no matter what, and this is just because I'm a fucking weirdo, and also I'm just afraid 
of like things is like I'd be afraid of putting a premise out there and then someone someone like reading it and then being like, oh, okay, cool. And then like a week later being like, is this my thought or is this someone else's thought? And then Mm -hmm. they start building it up and then they fucking craft a joke around your premise. And then you have your joke around your premise and you're like, fuck. Yep. Yep. That's huge. So I, I, whatever's in that book, I just keep secret. And then that way, unless, oh, but you did share some on the podcast. Do you remember the episode with Albert when we went into our phones? Oh yeah. Yeah. But those, (laughs) those jokes are all shit anyways. Those jokes are tried. Most of the time, if it's on my phone and comedy companion, it's something that I've probably done already. Right. um, Because nothing sits still for too long. That's like, good, though. I'll try. I'll make it a fucking point. If I've written something, it'll be like the thir- second or third thing I say the next time on stage, no matter hmm. what. Just because I'm just like, who fucking cares? If it works, it works. Like Doing new stuff, I got to say, is terrifying. Oh, yeah, because you're not sure if it has wings oh, or my legs, God. whatever people want to refer to it. Is it ever scary? But, I mean, when something new hits and like, you, like and it hits and it hits almost better than anything old's been hitting... It's like this whole like fucking like, oh, this is fentanyl. <laughs> this is worth dying for. Like you want it. Like I don't I anytime I have a new bit that I've worked on and I'm just and I try it for the first time and it just lands exactly yeah. how it needs to. Yeah. There's like I don't know, I doubtful there's any better feeling. How long do you give something before you cut it completely? Oh, a oh, while, I mean, a well, while. And I should also say, too, when I say cut it completely, I mean just stop doing it. I feel like comics always have that back pocket of, like, here's things that I did that didn't quite work that you can always go back to and revisit yeah, yeah. and form into something new. But, like, I typically, like, if it's not doing well on the third try, that's when I'll probably stop. See, I really think I have the mentality that if for some reason you wrote it down, you thought it was funny. So there's something funny there. It's yeah. just a matter of how do I get that funny why did I think it was funny? And then how do I portray it to the people so then they're finally like, oh, that's why he's laughing at it because yeah. it's silly yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it's just a matter of change, like putting the same glasses on the audience that you had when you were looking at it and laughed. True. So I think it's just a fucking grind to really figure out what those glasses are so then people are like oh okay and sometimes it's just a matter of like fucking watching that joke bomb 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 <laughs> bomb 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 until you like yeah. dig it up like i was doing a joke i do a joke like about homophobia and stuff like that right yes and uh that joke is just like a hard joke to not do well on in the sense of like when you're talking about such a subject people are like this better be funny or else we're just gonna call you a homophobic you know, or they're, we're, gonna, they're like, or we're, we're just going to call you racist, you know, like if yeah. it's not funny, then we're just going to assume whatever you're saying is hate speech for the most part. Yeah. So when you're doing that stuff, it's so difficult to bomb. But if you bomb enough with it, then you realize what works and what doesn't about that joke. And then eventually it comes around to works. So I very rarely like will write off something completely. Yeah. But uh, I will let things breathe for a while until I maybe have a joke that I'm like, oh shit, this could flow into that and it builds yeah. up confidence for that joke. So when I deliver this joke, people see it and they're like, oh shit, that's actually better. And it kind of lifts it up just a bit. It might not be the best joke just yet, but like the intro to it's strong and then whatever's in there is like kind of strong because the intro is good. Mm. But, and then eventually you want to like let it walk on its own, but it's kind of like a tree, right? You put a little branch beside it so it can get stiff and then... <laughs> And then you're like, all right, tree, you're great. You don't need this branch. Wow. So what a metaphor. 
pretty good. <laughs> Me, I'm like, I let it spring, like, spro through the soil, and then I stomp on it right away yeah. as soon as Whoa. it doesn't get an instant laugh. Yeah, well, dude, it's tough. Like, it's it's, it's really tough. It's the idea of like, okay, why would I continue to try try new stuff if I have old stuff that always works? And what feels better yeah. than getting laughs? Like, there's like yeah. when something new lands. Like I said, there's almost no better feeling. But when it doesn't land. Your immediate response is to go back to old stuff because you know it works and you want the laugh and that's what you're after. Comfort level. Oh yeah. It's like your. It's like ever. Like you know, everyone has vices in their life that they mm. return to for comfort. And it's, yeah. old stuff is like that. Uh, I noticed that like the first couple of mics coming back from this like second lockdown oh, or whatever Jesus. it was. Um, I di- I overwhelmed my stuff with my sets with like new material and then mm-hmm. i realized that wasn't the best thing to do yeah you can oversaturate your sets with newer stuff that may not be as strong yeah and also i didn't know them as well right so they weren't delivered as good all of this um but it is really hard and and you do it's all about momentum i feel you oh, yeah. really do you have, have to, to have momentum you have to keep trying it like i don't know i feel like there's a lot of people who yeah they they take when something doesn't go well and they put everything on that one set. And it's like, no, try it in different mics. Try it with different crowds. Oh, try yeah. it with different crowd sizes. That's a huge thing. Crowd sizes, for sure. Yeah. Try it out a, a mic with five people and try it out one with 20. People like, are scared to laugh in individuals, but they're more welcome to laugh in a group. In a sense, it's something that's maybe a little more touchy, right? So yeah. if you do a joke that's self-deprecating and there's only five people there, they might not want to laugh because they don't want to be like, oh, did they see me laugh at that person? But if there's 20 people in a dark room, they're all going to laugh because no one can see me if I'm laughing at this person and it's also kind of funny yeah so it's like having that balance of like the right audience the right bits stuff like that but that's why Gus's is always terrifying because it's always a small crowd (laughs) I'm I'm always so were you on the show where it was all comics in the crowd yeah yeah like a week ago two weeks ago that was just absolutely terrifying yeah that was horrendous it's always the worst because you're like you guys aren't gonna laugh at what I have to say you don't want to, and I don't want to. I don't want to repeat my same bullshit for you guys. It's not like I'm polishing anything. Yeah. So, but if I get a, if I get a <laughs> from a comic, I'm like, uh, okay, I did it. But you, you're never certain how to how to interpret that though. Sometimes too, right? The like grunts, sometimes if you hear Travis laughing in the back, oh yeah, it's like, either good or bad. What does that mean, Travis? <laughs> I, it's either really good or really oh, yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like a big pop, and then you never know if it's like a. <laughs> Yeah, that's a smart one. Or like, you're a fucking idiot for saying that. So I don't know. It's difficult. Um, it it's yeah. Ugh. It's been it's been rough. How do you deal with um coming back, like after not being on stage for for so long? Like it, this past one was like what? It was like over a month. Yeah. So of, like, nothing. I moved. I left Nova Scotia to go back to Ontario for a bit. Yeah, what and the heck happened? There? I thought you moved back, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I was supposed fuck? to move back. I was supposed to move back. I wasn't supposed to be back in Nova Scotia till the end of March, early April, because my sister's pregnant and ah. she's having a baby, and I wanted to be home for the baby because I'm going to be an uncle, which is cool. But I got home and I had a job lined up. I was working for the town and all this stuff, and then once I got home. Um, Toronto, Ontario went into another lockdown and then an even more lockdown where they shut down all the ski hills right before Christmas. And then they're like, they're going to be closed for a month. And I was like, well, fuck, there goes my job. And I wasn't working. So it's like, I'm not going to live at home, not be able to do comedy, not be able to work. Yeah. At that point, they're like, you can't go see anyone. So I wasn't going to be able to see my pregnant sister and her baby legally, mm. anyways. So I was like, well, fuck. 
So Nova Scotia was doing better, and I was like, if I get back here soon enough, comedy might open up, and sure enough, it did. So I, it sucked that I had to like leave my family, and like I was bummed because I, I ever since I was like twenty, I haven't been around much. Mm. I've just kind of been bouncing across the country. So yeah. it was like a big thing that I wanted to be home for was like my sister's baby, and it was just like a cool thing. When did you do? So, today, yesterday, but she hasn't had it yet, so she's being induced on Monday. So yeah, it's crazy. She sent me a photo. I'll show you. Actually, she's so fucking fat. <laughs> We're gonna post that clip out of context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it, do it. I don't care. So that's her foot because she's she's swelling so much. Oh my god! She's wearing pineapple socks and oh. they're imprinted it. And then uh, that's her big old gutsito right there. Oh my goodness! But she's like fit. She's like fit. Yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. fit individual oh, without the baby because that's all belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she didn't like that's just like yeah you're yeah, you're a very fit baby. woman carrying a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always just call her fatty, which is so funny. We were at the grocery store one time when I was home over Christmas, and uh, she was buying non-alcoholic beers, and I was buying ice cream, and I was like, this just looks terrible right now, like just. <laughs> A fat lady with her beer and her ice cream. I was like, you disgust me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, Wild. so I, I was gone for so long. So I, I went from like middle of November, mid-December. And then finally, once I got back and did my quarantine, so it was almost two months really before I got on stage or, or that I was off stage. And when you go through that, you lose it's. I, I hate to compare it to drugs yes. because I think everyone does do it. Like, oh, it's like a fucking high. But it yeah. is, dude. It is for sure. Like you go from fucking crushing or like having good sets and really enjoying and feeling that rush of doing well and having fun and even the hang and all that stuff. Yes. And then you lose it in the first little bit. You're like, fuck, I miss this. And then you don't have it for a long time. And you're like, maybe I don't need this. Yeah. Maybe I'm better off without this. Yeah. Maybe I need to focus on other elements. And then like once you you hear like whispers of people being like, we got some of the stuff. And you're like, no, nah, I, I don't That's... need that stuff. And then you're like, fuck yeah, I need the stuff. And then you get right back into it. And you're like, as if I thought I was going to be able to live without this. <laughs> what so an idiot. That's so fucking true. That is like re- ridiculously true. So many times I've been like, I'm just going to focus on the podcast, focus on my new job. Like... Like, I don't know. And and I've always just been like, I'm just going to hang back and I'll do open mics. I'll do open mics when I feel like it. Yeah. And then Myron will be like, you want a spot next week? Or like, you'll be like, you you, you want on? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I think. I can't say no. Yeah. Like going from like the train. I think the biggest worry was like, I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to come back with new stuff. I'm not going to do old stuff. And you're like, why would you not do old stuff? Your old stuff, like. That was me. It wasn't even old. I have insight into this. I'd love to hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I, per- I You know what? I'm just going to speak from my personal experience. And I think that this has to do with the fact that I'm friends with so many comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel a pressure to constantly have new stuff. Yep. For whatever reason, I feel like it's like I'm trying to prove something in a weird way. And so when, when things came back, I was like, well, I'm going to show them that I've been working on things, even if <laughs> they're not fully fleshed out yet. Yeah. You know, like it's this weird, um, like that's why performing for only comics is so terrifying. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to like, I do feel like I, I'm trying to impress a little too much. For sure. And I have to start taking myself out of that and going, you got to focus on the audience. Like the audience is like, you know, 
that's the target. Yeah, they're the people that you want. But you it is need, a weird. You don't need comics on your side. You don't need comics to laugh at your stuff because comics aren't looking at your stuff as is it funny. They're trying to beat you to your own punch. They're analyzing what you're writing, whereas the audience is like, "I'm dumb. Make me laugh." Yeah, and so I feel a weird pressure all the time to, to be writing new stuff and and showing people that. I'm, but then I'm also like, do they know that it's new? They might not even know that it's new. You know, the so why doesn't. the fuck? Why the fuck am I? Why does it matter? Um, yeah. at this point, I'm just trying to impress my friends. <laughs> yeah, but like, I will say this: going into it, and I talked to a couple comics that said they're like, I'm going back. I'm only doing new stuff, and you're just like, why? Why don't you like fuck, dude? Work on your old shit. Bring that old stuff back to the gym. Some of your old stuff still needs work. Like, don't, don't mm. be, don't, just because you were off for two months, don't think that whatever you had before then, it was good. And then you get to come back and be like, I'm just working on my new shit again now. Yeah. No, it's like, no, you're like, I have jokes that I'm still working on. So if I can't, if I have new stuff, that's good. But I'm not forcing myself to only do new stuff for the sake of who. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd yeah. rather just be yeah. like, okay, before the pandemic, I had this bit that I was working on and it's almost there, but I'd rather take, some more time and work on that before I jump into something. And then that way, when I do get to do a showcase or, or a road show or something like that, I have the stuff that's still good that I love. Yeah. That it's new ish, but not super new. And I know it's great. And then I'm going to continue yep. work on new stuff. But like the idea of like forcing yourself to write new because you're worried that other people are just going to be like, that's the same old shit. It's difficult. Now I will say to contradict myself or kind of be a fucking hypocrite. Love it. When I made Daily Grind, when Robbie and I did it, and the idea was to only really do yeah. new stuff, yeah. it was kind of the idea that so many people get stage time, and there was enough stage time going around that it's like, if you do get a chance, why not use this room to do new stuff? Yeah. Because Test my goal for the room was always to build a good enough audience that they just knew that they could come here and, and laugh, and that... People were going to be trying new stuff there. Yeah. And they got to see it for the first time. Which is a very special thing. Yeah. And they would be friendly for it, you know? Yeah. So I think if it's portrayed in the right way, it's fine. Yeah. But one of the issues surrounding comedy in Halifax is the fact that it's all booked mics. So, and this goes through my head every time I do a show. It's like, does Dave want me to do this? Does, yeah. Ma- does Martin want me to do eight minutes of my stuff or does Martin want me to do seven to eight minutes of just me working my stuff? Yeah. Like what, what is, is it a showcase? Is it an open mic that's just booked? Like right. how do I go into this? I don't want Martin to be like, oh, I'm not booking him. Remember last time he just fucking ate bag of dicks. I was like, oh, I thought yeah. I was just allowed to try new stuff. Right. Yeah. So when we made daily grind, the idea was to just be like, come do your new shit. We're going to expect it to be new. And then if it works, sweet. And if not, the audience is aware that it's all new. And then that way, everyone's kind of having fun with it. You're setting clear expectations. Clear expectations. Clear expectations. you're not the only one on the show trying new shit. Yeah. And then that way, if you don't do well and everyone else doesn't do well at the Daily Grind, we all did great because we all did the same thing. Whereas like if you're trying new stuff and then you see someone else who's been doing it and they're doing their polished eight minutes that they've been doing for the last fucking who knows how long. And you're like, yeah, of course you crushed. Like you, you're doing bits that I could fucking do because I've heard you doing that many times. Right. So, it's tricky. It's a tangent, but. No, no, no. But you raise a good point because when I was like back in the summer when I started, in my mind, I was using the booked shows as my do, like do your very, very, very mm. best. Do your very, very best. Work on the stage presence. 
like do the stuff that you know works and the the show up go ups were like do some of that but sprinkle in new things yeah, that you're yeah. trying to, to develop yeah um which was really really helpful for me but it is it is weird yeah you're right especially like um like i'm up fairly regularly at gasses and yeah. i feel weird going up with the same ish set list mm. Like, it just feels weird to me. Yeah, yeah, because you never know who's going to be there, and then the comics are going to be there, so you're like, I want to change it up, not only yeah. for them, but for myself. Yeah, 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 it's hard. It's hard. It's it's not easy, but it's I will say, easy. like, that's the, the one thing I noticed about Halifax is the fact that it's not, there was no open mic. It gave you this you know, this idea of, like, am I supposed to try new stuff? Why, what is the show about? Am I okay? Am I going to be all right to bomb? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because it's like a book show, you instinctually feel like I have to perform well, so then they invite me back. Right. Whereas the open mic, the show up, go up, was just like, we don't, like, come on by. This is an open, true open mic style Come on by. Like, do whatever you want. If you bomb, that's cool. As long as you show up next week, I'll write your name on the list. I don't care. Because I, I, that's what it is. And I think, yeah. honestly, the same thing goes with probably guesses in Oasis. But, like, as someone coming into it, I was always like, am I... And even now, like, whenever I go to... Like, even guesses, especially because Martin, he's such a great comic. I, like, I wish I was, like, really close with him where I'm like, Martin, my man. But, like, for some <laughs> reason, I just... He's up here to me, right? Uh-huh. So I'm just like, hey, Martin, thanks for having me on, man. Like, I appreciate <laughs> it. Like, hopefully you don't mind if I try some stuff. And then if I... So I, I still want to do well there, and I, I'm afraid that if I don't do well, if I play around too much, then I won't get, you know, that I'll be like, oh, all right, just fucking. Right. And the same thing with, like, Barely's too, right? So I yeah. think it's super dependent on what the show is. But now I have, like, a better mentality towards it. Like, I definitely treat Oasis exactly like I'm an open mic. And I go to Oasis with the sense of, like, oh, I'm going to just try newer stuff. Right. Whereas, like, Gus's, I don't get on as much. And it really depends on the crowd, too. I'll try newer stuff, but also probably do like a different ratio. Yes. Because I don't get up often enough at guesses. And I also, with um, Martin, I want to kind of build this repertoire of like, look, I can do these jokes and I can try new stuff. Whereas with Dave, I think he's he's had me, Dave's had me close out Oasis a bunch. So I'm just like, Dave, I feel like Dave trusts me in the sense of like, oh, yeah, whatever you're going to go up there, you're not going to go up there and bomb and say a bunch of racist shit for the next seven minutes right no yeah so but i think yeah. having that that idea of like oh if i'm booked on a show what what does it mean to be booked on a show? it is right? strange and, that, and that's why i'm i'm grateful to be friends with y'all because like yeah. i literally just confide in people like mm-hmm. i'll just message people and go this is the show like what should i like like your valentine's day show yeah like i no, like it's a Valentine's Day show, so love. I'm like, oh, I got lots of jokes about love. This is yeah. great. Which like, is why I want you on because yeah. I know that you talk about it a bunch, and it's just like, yeah, well, love addict stuff is gonna be. Um, and so like, like that. That's one where it's like, okay, <clears throat> I have a lot of like old reliable stuff that I know is going to, yeah, hopefully do well. Let's not get too cocky. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, it's tough to tough to navigate. It's difficult. But you're, like you're saying, you're a ton of a gush. It's going to be your first road show. Oh, my God. Oh, my 
god, we have to plug the show, and I will plug it in the intro. But because this is coming out on Friday, so Sweet. Um, I know I have a shit ton of listeners in Tamagash. Uh, I know you guys have been waiting for this moment. I just, I don't actually know. I, I don't know where they are. I know that a lot of my listeners are in Nova Scotia. Sweet. Some of you might be close to Tamagash. Yeah, Tamagash, Pugwash, any of that area, that whole section coming so through. You Even if you set this up, tell us about it. Uh, February 13th, Saturday, at uh, the Grace Jollymore Joyce Arts Center, aka the Grace. Uh, we're doing a stand-up comedy show, and uh, it's gonna. I'm going to be hosting it. It's going to be featuring Sam Bartle, who's great, Clifton Cramo, who's great, uh, Brittany Campbell, who I'm super stoked that we have on because she's in town, and then we also have Chris Haliff. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> No, Chris Halif. Chris Halif. Uh, I love that guy. He's one, honestly, between Chris and Sam, they're the two best writers in Halifax. That's my word. So great. Uh, and then Sarah. We're stuck to have Sarah on. And you're, it's going to be your first road gig. First road out of town show. I'm terrified and so excited. Yeah. I actually don't know why I'm terrified. I no, think, you know I, I think you're it, right to be terrified. Do you, you know what I think it is? I think it's literally just because it's like the idea of like going to do a show where it's like you've never been in the venue before. Mm-hmm. Like here it's like, okay, I'm used to all, like I know what these places are, and like, but like going to a brand new venue where you have no idea. I will say this. It's a small town as well. Yeah, I'll say this, and I don't want to scare you with it, but also I think it's like something that I thought about when I was going to do shows, is that when you go and you leave the place you've always been doing comedy for so long, and you go outside of it, you're like, but do people think that's funny here? Do people laugh at that? Like, does they have five sims in time? My gosh, don't they? Do they have this? Do they have that? Like, <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like it, it. It's almost like a bit of a rude awakening for people who yeah. only do the local reference jokes. Yeah, and you're, they're like, "Hey, you guys, was fucking banging this chick outside the King of Donair." It's like no one, no one fucking knows. Can't like. No one knows that. So it like almost forces you to be like, oh yeah, shit. Like what? How am I writing? And then it, and it forces you into the sense of like, shit, have I only been writing for Halifax? Yeah. But yeah. Like for you, I don't think that's the case. No. So you I don't think I have, have anything that's, I mean, no, I, yeah, nothing that references the, it. But. At the end of the day, your stuff's relatable. And as a person, you, you're likable. You come across as a likable individual. People want you to do well. So it's easier that way. I, my first road gig, I was dating a comic at the time and she got me on. She got me on the show. So I went into the show like the only fucking reason I'm here is because I'm dating this comic. So that was even what was that worse. Like? Dude, that was like like if you talk about like being nervous and imposter syndrome, imagine just thinking that you're only on the show because your your girlfriend and, put you on it. And everyone else knew that you were dating too? Everyone yeah. else on the show? Oh yeah. So um Hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, I've, I think I've, I've never dated may, a comic. I've been trying. Not. I've been Don't trying to. It's not worth it. I've been trying to. Uh, I. It's that's interesting to like. Like, do you feel competitive when you're dating? No. Not, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't because honestly, she was so fucking funny. Like, you were like, she, t- she was off. so fucking funny. She's yeah. by far one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. So for me, I was just like, oh, I'm just. I was just worried that she was going to vouch for me and then I was going to eat dicks and then she'd be like, oh, fuck you. Like, oh, right, you right, too, right, right. So like, I mean, here I was just... getting invited to do a show just because I'm with her and then when I p- 
do bad, she's like, oh, fuck, I can't do this either. So That's just connections, though. Like, there's so many, like, yeah. weird connections and with people getting booked on things. I talked to her about it, like, and she was like, I'm not putting you on because we're dating. I'm putting on you because I think you're funny. Like, I'm not going to not put you on. Like, I wouldn't risk it for myself. But at the same time, like, you... When you're dating someone, people tell you lies because you're dating, you know, like that's what you do. You kind of inflate people just because, you know, you're like, oh, you just need this. So hmm. she told me, she's like, yeah, I'm just I'm putting you on because you're funny. It's not because we're dating. But I was like, I think it's just because we're dating. But I did OK. And um, okay. and Paul Meyerhog, um, shout out to Paul. I know you're listening. What a what a last name. What's He's last, great. What's the last name? Meyerhog. Again? Meyerhog? Yeah, M-Y-R-E-H-A-U-G, Meyerhog. Shout out to Paul. Paul's great. He's part of the Snowden Comedy Tour. Um, which great is title. A big, yeah, super good. And they do a cross-Canada tour. They have been, obviously not this year. But um, he came up to me after the show, and he's been on like, uh, he, had a, he had a special on, fuck, was it Comedy Central or maybe JFL special or something like that? I apologize, Paul. But... Uh, for him to approach me after the show and be like, hey, man, I really liked your stuff. It was really original. That was like the fucking like. Yeah. Like the boost I needed. And he didn't need to say that. He did not. But he did. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then after that, I was like, dude, this is sick. Yeah. And then like I rode this high of like fucking Paul thinks I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like what it means to tell people that. Yes. Oh, my God. And what it means as a comic to actually st- to pull someone aside and be like, hey, that was a great joke. Because I'm not saying I'm a good comic. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that my opinion has worth by any means. But I will say anytime that you can just go over to someone and approach someone and be like, hey, I really like this bit. Yes. And I thought it was good. That's great. I've dated women since then that aren't comics and they've come to comedy shows and they'll say like, hey, you were funny. And I've told them, I'm like, don't say that. Because they hear it. If you thought they were great, think of whatever made you laugh the most and then mention that to them and be like, hey, I really love that part about the cheeseburgers. Honestly, so fucking funny. And it just shows that you were attentive. Right. And it like yes. like zones sh- in on something. And it shows people what jokes are really hitting. I'm like, yeah, really doing for something. Sure. Like if someone specifically will mention yeah, a specific joke, that's like gold. Yeah. Also, I think if a pro, like a Travis Lindsay comes up to you after and goes oh that that joke you had like what he said this way like and it gives you advice even if they give you advice on a joke yeah, like yeah. that's them going there's something here this advice might help you yeah good on you for thinking about it and here's a little tidbit so first time travis did that for me i was just like oh yes travis you've never done that for me <laughs> Is it because I'm not funny? <laughs> this is the worst podcast. So far, I find out that I don't get invited to Alva's thing, and Travis doesn't think I'm funny. This is shit. What I will say, though, is like, okay, and like I should have even just opened the episode with this, but like you you put me up on my first set. Dude, I wanted you up, man. Like you gave, I'm very much opportunity, opportunity for some, like to a point, but I also, I'm not going to throw anyone under the rail bed. You know what I mean? So when you said that you wanted to do comedy and I'd been on the podcast a few times and I'd seen you around, I knew that you had potential. So I was like, why not put you up? Like you, you do you literally well. pushed me. Okay. So that like, and the first time that I did stand up, I was not planning on doing it that night. No, you were saving yourself for ladies. Night. I was saving myself for ladies. And thank 
God, I didn't do my first yeah. set. Oh my Bad God. Idea. Holy shit. Uh, no offense, Farah. You're going to do great on Ladies Night. But for me, I put way too much pressure on myself yeah. to do Ladies Night and actually doing my first set in this like impromptu, just get up there and do it. Like I essentially showed up and uh, to watch and you were like, spot 13 is free. Yeah. I was like, you should just do it. And I, I was like, and then I did the thing where I went, Okay, put me down. Okay, oh, maybe don't. And you were like, no, it's it's written down. It's down. You're done. It's in stone now. And uh, and you like you literally pushed that. me. You literally pushed me to do it. And that's that's really special having people who push you to do things like that. Yeah, that's a special thing. But take this with it. The only reason I pushed you, and the only reason you should push someone to do something, is if you genuinely think they're yeah. gonna do well. Yeah. Don't fucking tell your friend to go sing that song at karaoke because you think they love that song. Do it because you genuinely think they sing well. Yep. If you push someone into something just because they're passionate about it, yeah, they're gonna fail and they might lose themselves because of that. Yeah. So, so be true. realistic in how you push people because yep. don't like don't give them like this false hope of like, no, yeah, do comedy. I'll write your name down. Yep. You're gonna do great. Like. No, like I wouldn't have put you on if I honestly didn't think that you weren't going to be ready for it. But like you were like, I'm going to do ladies night. And, I, and mentally, I was just like, you should just do this. <laughs> and then that way, ladies night, like it, it's fine. Like you take, people talk about it in movies all the time, right? It's like you bang the girl you don't like. So then that way you're That's good right. for the girl that you do like. You That's know? right. And it's. It was that though. You That's have what to. It was. You have to do the, the little before thing. So it's just like, oh. And honestly, yeah. And I thought that, like, doing that, my first set was really cool because there was comics there, but they were outside. Yep. Um, I didn't see my friends judging me, like, directly. <laughs> the banging on the window. <laughs> You're bombing! <laughs> I did it for, like, I think there was, like, I don't know, like, five to eight people there that night. Like, it wasn't... No, it was busier it than was, that. It was, like... Well, let's be... <laughs> Daily grind is busier than five intimate. to eight people. It was intimate. That's yeah, what I'm it's, saying. it's tight. It's a but, good, nice But space. what I was telling Pharaoh was, I was like, that's the perfect environment for mm. your first initial. Because my thing was, was like, I had so many nerves around it where I was like, I just need to rip this bandaid off of getting up on stage with people looking at me and yeah. me talking. You don't have to be perfect your first set. Yeah, your yeah. first set won't be perfect. No. Jesus Christ. It won't be. Um. So the first set is really just about getting up there and doing it. Yeah. And like talking to a mic. Yeah. Getting your thoughts out. You probably won't remember it. I don't oh, fucking yeah. remember. I didn't record it. Um, I don't remember it at all. But like it's it's a great environment to do that. And now I love that room so much because it's special to me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm stoked it's for a it. It's a great. Room. It's a fun room. I'm stoked that you fucking did it for your first one. And I would say that like because I feel like. If you go ahead and you take the risk and you do it, you do it like, especially like you were talking about Farah, she's going to try ladies tonight. Like Farah, come on down to DG. I'll throw you up before, before ladies night. If you want, mm -hmm. totally up to you. Um, but like, there's such a difference in just going up on a stage and knowing how to take the mic out of the stand. Oh my God. I still, let me tell you, I still what, fuck that up. But that's what I mean. That's like, <laughs> Initially, when you fumble with the mic, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Like, I can't even get a mic out of a stand. 
So it's like if you have this thing that you're putting yeah. on this pedestal of ladies and you're like, oh, people are going to root for me. It's like let them root for you because you're funny. Yeah. And, and the only way you can do that really is to like go to a weird little spot. Yeah. Get out the weird fucking nerves. Pull the mic out of the stand. Do the fucking like, uh, and then. Don't say that it's like the first time having sex. Yeah, don't do talk, not. Don't do talk not. about the lights. Don't talk about sex. Yeah, that's right. Um, also, uh, and this might be weird advice, but I found something that helps me like is create. I mean, I have the space to do this. Yeah. Create a little stand up show in your own apartment. I have a mic stand, like a stand up mic stand that tomorrow when Farrah comes over, I'm going to have the red curtains here. I'm going to have the stand here and we're going to literally do it like it's a coffee shop. Nice. And um, create. Okay. Try to get into that performance mode. Just like, so you know, Farrah, she never invited me to do that. <laughs> Alba, Matt, Travis, Matt, you want to come? Hey, I mean, listen. You guys are off my if list. If you want to come, fucking come. She nah, wants to be dude, back. I'm, I'm, I'm up in Shuby. You, you can practice, though, for I'm, your I'm the showcase. Down. I know. Maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> I do need to practice so I don't What do you do? What bags. are your post-show rituals? This is what post I'm... Post or pre? Uh, post. Oh, let's talk about both, though. Let's talk about both. Post-show, and when I'm done, uh, I usually eat like shit. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Like I always, <laughs> always get McDonald's. Is it the adrenaline that like makes you feel drunk? Like yeah, that you want drunk maybe, food? maybe I don't know, but like it's usually that. What's, the, what's your McDonald's order? Uh, currently, I'm rocking the bacon Big Mac, large fry, large chocolate shake. I'm God. going for that two thousand calorie deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, the, those shakes will get you. Oh, the shakes will get you. Oof. <laughs> the shakes will get you. I'll probably grab one on the way home now that we've been talking about it. <laughs> But um, pre-show, and this is funny, pre-show is so different. And I think pre-show now, like even within the last week, has meant something totally different for me than what it has been in the last five years, five, five and a half years that I've been doing comedy. Um, I was always one to never really go up with a set list. Never. Like I hated the idea of it because I always saw it as like this thing that if I skip one, I felt the need that I'd have to go back and then it would throw me off. So I just go up there knowing like, this is kind of where I want to go. And then I just go up and I'd fucking riff and I would do my jokes and I'd have a little bit of crowd work in there and then it was good. And because of that, that's I've done well enough and my jokes have built up enough and my crowd works kind of built up a bit and I've never really <clears throat> needed to go. So even on nights where I've done 50 an hour, the longest I've done is an hour and five and even on those nights, I've never gone up with the set list. I'll just like before the That's show, I'll just kind of go through some of my stuff. But with the idea like this is these are my jokes. I should know them for the most yeah. part. And I have jokes that trigger other jokes. And, and at the end of the day, like if I'm meant, not meant, but if, I, if I'm built in the sense to be funny, it'll occur. Like it'll happen. It'll, I'll be funny if that's really what I want to do. So mm. I'll go up there and I'll I'll do my bits and I'll do some work and stuff like that. But as of recently, because I've been hosting so much, I I've gotten so loose, so 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 loose, and I'm writing, but I've like ra- rarely actually do the bits because I just host so much that I'm always riffing and crowd work and doing stuff like that. So now when I've been getting up on stage, I don't remember my jokes because I. I haven't told them in fucking three right. months because I've been hosting every week or I've been doing this and that. Yeah, so yeah. like just last week I bought an, a new moleskin book Ooh. and I started writing out 
my full like the full fucking joke and I've got like five or six pages where I've written the full joke out now. And my goal is to go through every joke that I've ever told that I know that it works and write it out word for word. And then that way, I'm not going to carry a set list on me, but I'm always going to have that book. And I'll be able to go through it and know what's good. And I'm going to color code and some stuff <gasps> like that. Woo! But um, just, yeah, just within the last like two weeks, it's really made me want to like buckle down and be like, and as we discussed off the pod, someone wants me to do set of material Material. and I'm like, fuck, (laughs) I, I just don't feel like the confidence in my material that I should have. Like I I've seen my material do well. Absolutely. I just, I just have so much fun doing crowd work that I'm just like, why would I do material? (laughs) That's so interesting. Cause I've been thinking lately about like the schools of comedy or like the different approaches to different styles. And you know, it was interesting at daily grind. Like I was sitting with you and Robbie and like, Robbie and I could not be any more different for with like how oh, we yeah, approach a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You would rather. yeah, but like I'm from, I'm from the Andrew Vaughn school of comedy, which is structure, set up, punch. Like huh, the punchlines part is important. <laughs> yeah, punchlines. <laughs> make, sh- make sure you have those. But he was like, I mean, he he did crowd work too. I think. Kind oh of. yeah, for sure. He um, riffed. He's when I watched him, he would do a little bit of crowd work to go into a bit, which is like the best way to do. Crowd yeah. Work. And that's kind of always how I've seen it. But then, you know, I see other people who are just magical at going up there and, and just totally, it's just totally an organic, unique experience every time. And like, that's what you're so fucking good at, but you're also really fucking good at writing jokes. So don't, Thank you. don't underestimate Thank you. that part of yourself. It just, you have to knock off the dust. Yeah, yeah, you have to knock off the dust. And and I think that's the biggest worry for some people. And like and for me, I've always been so good at crowd work that I'm like worried that I'll get pigeonholed as just a crowd work guy. But and you're not like you're not. Yeah, but you, but you, you're you, I see me differently than you see me, no matter what true. the deal is, right? But like at the end of the day, I want to crack down on myself because I feel like I'm getting too loose. Mm. And if I feel like I'm getting too loose, then when these opportunities come to kind of showcase who I am as a comic, I have to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I do do writing. I do write my own shit. I'm not uh, going up there with the intention of just fucking picking on the people in the front row. But yeah, I really love doing crowd work because I think it just kind of sets the tone and helps build me as a character. And then whatever else I say, it's so much easier to digest because you understand who I am. It is wild to watch and be a part of. And it's like, that's, it's interesting because I'm striving to get to that crowd work part. Like that's to me is like, I can't even imagine going up with a notes or a set list or a structure. Like that to me is like, what? Yeah. Um, and like, that's why like when Robbie's like, just go up and do crowd work. I'm like, I'm not that funny yet. I will say this about crowd work. There's such a, a beautiful amount to do. And when you go up there, if you are doing crowd work, first of all, you have to be a likable individual. You can't do crowd work as a mean person because people will, <laughs> but, they, they don't want to interact with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I know. And we discussed this in the sense of like, <laughs> when you go up there and you start picking on people who might not want to be picked on or talked to, you aren't building any momentum for yourself and you're painting yourself as a bit of a villain. Yeah. In the sense of like, oh, this guy's just, this guy or girl is just talking to these people that don't clearly don't want to be talked to. I mean, it's just kind of, he's overstepping. Is doing this overstepping thing, right? There was a show in Halifax that the venue, the guy who was hosting, would always like talk to people and be like, 
oh, you guys came here and now you're, you, you're talking. You don't, you don't like me? And then you're like, oh, well, you didn't give them a chance to form an opinion on you. Now you're just telling them that what? you think they don't like you. Yes. And then now they're like, I guess we don't like them. Yeah. Defenses right away. Yeah. Getting so defensive right away. You are way better off to just like try and read people. And if they're not having it, just be like, hey, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Let's move on to the next person. One person I think, shout out to Chris on this, because Chris is really good at... Everything. <laughs> Seriously, Chris Laugh, if you're listening, you're a fucking great comic, dude. Uh, you're not good at relationships. Um... <laughs> That's what makes you a good comic. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Um, he's great at, he will write things, he will look at a, out at a crowd and figure out ways to burn people. Like, right away. Yeah. Like, you look like da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy looks like, like, I love that. Oh, I think yeah. that that is so cool. References? Yeah, I love those. Yeah. You look like you, you, you look like you probably use a women's multivitamin. That's awesome that you think I take vitamins. Not you though, but like, <laughs> but anything like if you say that to a person and you're just like, oh yeah, you look like you fucking use women's multivitamins. Yeah, and it's just like a specific jab that you're just like, oh, this is weird. What are your thoughts? Because I I've come out like I've gotten quite roasty lately. Like yeah. I've thought of roast roasty things to say to people. What are your thoughts of like coming up with roast jokes for people you haven't met yet? <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I was hosting the Daily Grind and we had a comic that had never been to the Daily Grind before, new to the scene. And he went up, I brought him up, and he said, I look like Carrot Top on meth. Oh, yes. I was yes. There. And uh, I didn't care. Wait, he said that you look like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't care because, I mean, I get it. But I think if you don't know someone, you have to be very careful how you roast them. Yes. Because depending on where you are, like the daily grind, I don't want to be like, it's my room, but it's kind of like I host it every week. Ballsy. So for you to try and shit on me, people are going to be like, oh, but we know that guy. Yeah. Or they might like, they, they just like, they see me so much that they're like, we don't see it. And then for me, like in my head, I was just like, Jim Temple's on the show. Like, why would you call me? carrot top on meth when jim temple's on the show seriously it's though like, yeah, he's that's... got the red hair and the bony body like that's the like i love jim temple but if i was gonna say that roast joke it wouldn't be towards me oh, you know man. like it would be like that, that, that a newer guy yeah okay. uh, new to the scene he's new to the scene yeah yeah but okay i didn't at the end of the day it's fine i didn't mind it at all he did he did very good set and uh going back to what you're saying about writing roasts for people that you don't know you have to be very careful about how they deliver because they say you only roast the ones you love. So if you're roasting someone you don't really know, you don't really love them. So whatever you're saying kind of has some truth to it. So like I have this thing that I tried to work into a joke, which was um, about Christmas engagements and dudes who propose on Christmas Day and how they're unoriginal yeah, and boring. I think you did this on stage, yes? I did. Yes. And it, it hasn't been doing well and I've just kind of parked it for a bit. But like I see a lot of like, you know, and this is going back to like online dating and like seeing men, they're all the same. They all watch The Office, like these stereotypical things. And yeah, I just yeah. thought like, I really like the, the burn of like, you look like you grew up in a family. That only ever owned one breed of dog, which is like, 
yeah, it's yeah. not that personal but it is it paints a picture of like you look like you you had your shit together your whole life yeah, yeah, yeah. and i feel like that's like a burn that is almost a backhanded compliment in a weird it's way the specifics the specific jabs <laughs> that make it yeah because it's generic but it's specific in the sense that i could say this to anyone but when I do say it to you, people think it's funny because they're like, they. I visualize just this story arc for that character. I visualize Christmas photos every year yeah. with a golden retriever in them. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like in my mind, I'm like, I have that in my back. I have things like that in my back pocket of like, if I ever did choose to talk to the crowd or if I looked out and saw someone who looked very preppy or looked, I don't know. Just like, just like that they haven't struggled. <laughs> really, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, like, <laughs> really is what it is. And uh, stuff like that, that like, I feel like when you're attacking people's appearance, like, like their actual physical, like yeah, yeah. that can be very touchy if, oh, yeah. if you don't know the person. Oh yeah. 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 I, uh, I was doing a show one time and this guy said something, something ridiculous. Like he was just trying to fucking throw me off my game and he was wearing basketball, like and one basketball shorts in like a ripped t-shirt and he just like threw a big word at me like fucking some like big scientific word and i was like dude that's a big word for those shorts like <laughs> like just like as if like those shorts are what stupid people wear so it's pretty bold of you to say something so big you know yeah but like that works because he was in the wrong already yes yeah so he painted himself as a villain so it opened the door for me to be like yeah but if for what you're saying is that you're like, I almost want to start my joke off or, or kind of weave my way into a joke by finding someone, pointing them out and making this thing. That's right. So you have to be careful that you don't villainize yourself by picking on someone. That's right. I hosted a show and there's a lady talking and I was like, oh, dude, this bitch, this a bitch. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so, so fucking stupid of me to say that. But, um. But this lady's talking, right? This fucking bitch was talking. In all fairness, it is a bitchy thing to talk. It's a, a bitchy show. thing to talk during the comedy uh, show. There, I, the woman said so, it. So um, I was like, "Oh, like must be nice to pay ten dollars, just like everyone else, but ruin the show for everybody." Like, you know. And I thought everyone would be like, "Yeah, fuck her," but everyone's like, "Ooh," because even though she kind of painted herself as a villain by talking. People didn't know her well enough, so they're just they're like, "Oh no, you're the villain for saying that to her." So you have to be careful. That's so because you can yeah. turn people. And as a yeah. host, it was my stupid fucking thing to say it. Like I shouldn't have done it as a host. I should have floated a little. I should have been a little more light, lighter on my feet because I have to go back up there. People have to like me. I have mm. to transition the show. Yeah. If you don't like your host, like you're fucked. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know if we talked. No, we probably didn't talk. I, I actually hosted the last ladies' night that happened back yep. in November. Mm-hmm. There was a snowstorm. Uh, half the comics dropped out because they couldn't get in. Uh, so Sarah had to scramble and do more jokes in between sets than normal because we only had four people. Sweet four or five people but uh it was interesting hosting like hosting i do not envy it and my piece of feedback i got during it was ryan free text me and he goes i'd be more friendly to the crowd coming from free oh shit free's just like an angry little man he's just like and he was like be nice to the people but again that's because i'm not the only thing I've been doing is my material. Yeah. And my material can be a bit abrasive. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to come off not that friendly. 
Hosting, dare I say it, is almost not comedy, but it is still comedy. And I feel like there's very much a difference. Like I've been told this after shows, like, oh, you're a great host. You should try comedy sometime. Oh, and no. And you're like, oh, you fucking all. Oh, no, Matt. Listen here, Mabel. I'll break your Do legs. Do you really hear that? Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that before. Um, Mabel. <laughs> but, like... I think there's this idea, like, if you're an MC or if you're a host, you're not a comic. No, not at all. Because a lot of people will say, I'll bring up your first comic of the evening, which implies that you, yourself, are not... You're just emceeing. You're the master of ceremonies. So you're just like, we're going to get the show started is a little bit of a way. And I'm like, this comic coming up to the stage. And then that way, it kind of still portrays you as a comic in a sense. But it's, uh, yeah. Damn. Do you enjoy it? Hosting? Hosting? I do. I do very much because I love interacting with people on stage, not off stage, on stage, because it's like this cool little, you're a little bit above, you're not above people, but you're on this little stool that you get to introduce, like for, this is going back to like what we were discussing off mic about. Well, I think it maybe it was at the beginning of the show, actually. We Welcome to the podcasting about, world. You don't know yeah, what, if don't what know. you said was recorded or I not. I can't remember. <laughs> but um, it comes back to like the confidence thing mm-hmm. where it's like when you're hosting a comedy show, there is an element of coolness to it. Absolutely. So you have like this confidence well, you're the- because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this cool thing that you guys aren't. You're the thread. You're like the navigator that's navigating people through their evening. Yeah. Of I've seen comedy and it's like it's a very important it's such an important role. Yeah, it's, it's the show. If you're oh a bad host, then it makes a huge. It, yeah, it you gotta have that energy. You gotta know when to shift energy. You gotta energy know when to bring things energy. up when things are down. You gotta, you know. Yeah, and you like gotta know how to stack a lineup too. Oh, can we talk about stacking lineups? Sure. Do you have it. a process w- with that? Yes, for sure. Okay. Uh, I very much have a process. And I will write the lineup once I've sat in the room and I've seen if there's an audience or whatever. That way I can tell how I want to start the show if I want to start it. Like if there's a lot of people there and they're ready and I see some familiar faces, I really don't care who I put up first because I really think it's going to be a good experience because I have enough general confidence or enough certainty within my own skill that I know that I can, if they're, if there's a lot of people there and they seem like they're keen, I know I can get them to the level of like excitement and they'll be like, yeah, let's listen to this. Right. And then whoever goes up, like they're on their own, but at least the audience knows that it's going to be comedy. Right. Whereas if it's a rowdier audience or less of an audience, I like to make sure that when I stack the show or, or, or make the lineup, I know that I'm putting someone else experienced up. So then people get in the rhythm of listening to someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Do well. And then that way, that person does all right. And if they don't do all right, then it gauges the rest of the show for everyone. Is there a harm to being someone who's always picked as bullet? There's a couple of people I'm thinking of here. Hell, I've always gets bullet. Yeah, I was just literally just thinking of Chris. Um, Is there harm to being bullet? Is there harm to like constantly being in that bullet spot on shows? Yeah, for sure. 
For yeah. sure, just like it's harmful to always host. Yeah. Like when you're bullet, you know that you have to do well. So you're less likely to do your newer stuff because you're like, I got to do well and do right. my old shit because I know it works. There's so a you're pressure. a little more hesitant to go into stuff that might not land. That's true. Because you're like, I have, I have to start things off. Like the host starts things off technically, but I have to keep that momentum. Like it's just started, you know? It's like when you're blowing up a balloon and the first few breaths into the balloon are tough to get it to fully expand. And then once you do the rest, it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the host and bullet are the first few breaths into the balloon that loosen it up. Yeah. And then everyone else blowing into it ideally just helps make it bigger and better. That's right. Right. But if the host doesn't breathe, breathe enough into it and the bullet doesn't breathe enough into it then everyone else is going to still struggle to really get that balloon inflated a bit before it can grow and be a good momentum right so there i think there's harm for going bullet for sure yeah and also like you wonder like bullet's a good thing and a bad thing you're like oh i'm putting you bullet that means i'm confident you'll do well and then also bullets is like but i want to maybe put me on the end (laughs) what about newbies where do you put them? Newbies. Depends on the person. Depends on what the show looks like. Um, I always sandwich newbies for yeah. sure. As yeah. much as I can. You don't want to put... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that I've noticed with Booking the Grind is like you have people reach out to you and you're just like, I know that I'm not going to put you on this lineup until next week or the week after that because there's certain ways that I want to structure the lineup so then that way I know that the show itself will be strong. Right. No matter what. So with newbies, I want to make sure, like depending on how new they are, right? Like I wouldn't consider you a newbie anymore. I would just be like, oh yeah, I'll put Sarah wherever the hell I put Sarah. I probably would never put you bullet, just because I don't. A, I don't think that's something that you'd be wanting, and B, I don't think that it would work well for the show. I've done it once. Yeah, and <laughs> I think people who do go bullet most of the time understand why they go bullet and want to go bullet, or not necessarily want to go bullet, but are like. I can go bullet and be fine. Yeah. So I, and I don't think that you would struggle as a bullet. But <laughs> my, my first time bulleting, Ian brings me up and says, well, Sarah, I did my best with them. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> that fucking Snickly's uh, really sick. small show, like five people there. Um, but like, it was just so funny because I was just like, oh my God, Ian put me as bullet. That's a compliment. Yeah. But then Ian wasn't doing a good no offense Ian. I just remember the show specifically. It was a very small crowd. It was right before things shut down. Oh. It was like days before things shut down and like he just couldn't get them energized. And I just remember him like apologizing to me from the stage. It was funny. It's always tough. <laughs> it's always difficult as a house to get things going. Yeah, I, and then I, I don't envy it. Up. I don't envy that. And you like know that you've been up there for too long already and they're not ready. And you're like, fuck, I have to get off and bring someone up. Like I can't spend 20 minutes getting them to the point where it's just like even a DG, like I'll, I'll, I'll say from my own experience, like I'll host and I'll, you, I'll try and do like five to seven off the top in hopes that I get warmed up. I get everyone warmed up enough. But at the end of the day, if I don't, I'll say something or I'll give them a reason to laugh or clap. So then that way... It almost neutralizes it for the, the comic. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very important. Because you don't want your bomb 
to be theirs in a sense. You want to bring the energy up to the point where it's like, all right, guys, ba 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 ba, and then that goes back to just having like a couple key jokes in your back pocket that you know, like almost know always get a reaction yeah because they're stupid or they're silly or they're fucking ooh ah jokes right like i have a couple of them that i know that i hate telling them but i know they get a reaction of some sort and if i need to throw them in there to neutralize a room or something like that i can do it that's interesting that you said that you hate them because the other night oh no you were there i guess is when i was like how long is it how long into comedy do you start hating your own jokes yeah and albert was like i love all my (laughs) jokes I, I love them all but i i feel that big time because i go through periods of like i fucking hate this shit this oh yeah is so dumb and i have to get up there and play this character now and i hate this and this isn't how i feel and i don't feel like this like i'm starting to enter a phase where i'm like feeling less like that desperate single girl yeah and all my material is about being that desperate single girl and i'm you know, getting, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird. It's hard. It can be hard. But I will say this it for you hard. in the sense that like when you go through that, it's sweet because then you build your story arc as a character and this, the audience sees you succeed yeah. through your jokes. And and that's like almost a sweet little win because they, they see you build as a character from this person who was like, ah, I'm, I'm not confident to like, but things are changing for me and, and they're looking up now. I love that. And that's here's like, some yeah. funny things about it, but like, all in all, I, I'm winning. And this goes back, I think I've said this before to you, maybe on the podcast, but at the end of the day, you can shit on yourself. You can. But if you do it too much, the audience loses this thing because they're like, why you sh- I, Why do you hate yourself so much? I like you. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. Why are you shitting on yourself so, so much when I'm rooting for you? Now you're second guessing. You're making me second guess whether or not I should be rooting for you. So you have to, if you're going to do losses, you have to do wins. You got to so do the wins. So then the audience always knows that you pull out in the long run and you're you so fucking right. succeed. So if you're going to shit on yourself, you always have to wrap it up with a, a bit of a win so then they know that like this is a joke. And I'm all, and I'm okay. Even if you're not okay, like comedy's a mask, no matter what. Comedy's by all means. Like you'll go up on stage and crush and do really well, and and like tell these jokes and do the self-deprecating stuff, and then laugh about it, and be like, he doesn't really think, or she doesn't really think that way about herself. And then you'll get off stage, and you still have those thoughts, yep. but you have to convince the audience that you also are laughing at it. That's right. So yeah. Yep, that's huge. When you shit on that's, yourself, you have to shit on yourself and smile as if you're like, I know this is funny and this is not actually how I think about myself. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay, we can laugh at it because they also think it's funny. Meanwhile, there's the second aspect of it where you actually do feel that way about yourself. That's why you wrote it in the first place. You think it's funny, but you also think it's true. So, but no tricky. one wants the fucking sadness of it. They want, the, they want to think that you're over it. The journey is fun. Going on a journey with someone where you're like, oh, gosh, that's really dark. Oh, but look, they came out the other side. Yeah. They came with you. Like, that's why I love my my favorite joke ever. Like my big personality joke, which is like, yeah, I'm told that I'm have a big personality and that's why I'm alone. So, like, if you have a if you have a partner, you're just boring. Yeah. I love that joke. It's so a much good joke. It says a lot about you and it, it, it kind of jabs at people, but it, it without like being people. mean. It's going like look this narrative has been pushed back on me for so long yeah and it's a straight up lie that's not why i got like yeah, yeah. they just don't like me because they don't like me yeah i'm awesome yeah the idea of like anything to do with that stuff is just like you're allowed to not be liked yeah 
you don't have to be liked. You don't have, you don't need to be liked. I mean, we all want it, but like, do you have, do you have that? Like, do you think about that a lot? Like if people like you? Yeah, for sure. I fucking worry about it all the time. Like uh, I, at the end of the day, like you, oh, comics, we discuss this in the sense that like, we're, we're quick to kind of give like, oh, you great set, great set. Yo, great set. And you almost like feel like you have to say that to people because you want people to like you and you want people to be like, oh, they, they like me and I like them and blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, like I'm saying like a lot, <laughs> but I feel that I do worry about whether or not people like me a lot. And even though I want to pretend that I don't, I do care because there's so much about myself that I don't like. That I just wish that someone would be like, no, that's a cool thing. Like, that's something you should really like. That's something mm. you should embrace. And then I can be like, oh, maybe I'm not, not, maybe I shouldn't think about this. Maybe what I shouldn't worry about that. What are the things you don't like? That. Oh, <laughs> it's going to fucking cut me open, eh? <laughs> uh, what do, I don't like my- He volunteered to come on this yeah. podcast. I brought pizza and this is how I get treated. <laughs> Listen- Comics don't have uh, therapy benefits. No. I'm doing what I what I can. Yeah, where's the paper towels? The toilet <laughs> papers. <laughs> the tissues. Uh, what, what don't, what don't well, I like? Well, because I actually ask all the guests this now at the end, which is like something you like about yourself and something you don't like, but let's get into the don't like right now. Don't like. we're on the subject. So like, what are some things that you don't like about yourself? I don't like everything about me. Oh, that's not true. It's true. Like, Stop I don't ish. like my, I don't like how I've failed to, uh get a good job and I don't like how I've uh wait let's let's stay on that one yeah y- you what do you mean you failed to get a good job I don't have a job I don't, I'm currently not working you worked, financially I'm reckless but you worked in, in the summer right yeah and that's like a seasonal job so there's yeah, a reason why you're not like doing a that now guide. but that's that's so it's like cool. a fun job but it's like a job that you'd almost as- associate with like a young person you know what I mean and then you grow up and you're like, oh, as an, as an adult. So, like, I don't like the fact that I have this job that a lot of people would view as childish in a sense. You're stuck on their opinion of the job. Yeah, for sure. But you enjoy it. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I think there's like this balance I battle with every day of the idea of like, oh, I'm doing this because I love it and I don't really like care what other people think. But then there's the flip side of like, of course you care what other people think. You're always going to care what other people think. You, that's, that's fucking being life. Human. You, yeah, you're, you're, you're a constant. It's a human instinct to compare and contrast right like so what's your dream job i don't know comedy for sure okay but you but the thing is you're actually smart enough to realize that you do need to work to support yourself to do comedy which is very very yeah yeah, because you're not you're not dumb about it you're you're aware that i'm not sitting here like waiting like i'm not jobless just in the hopes of like oh i'll I'll have a weekend gig i'm doing that i'm a gush i'll be fine like no i'm I, just where I am right now, I'm just not working. But um, a lot I just of wish, aren't, I, yeah. And you gotta, you gotta remember too that like so many people are in the same boat. Yeah. And 2020 royally fucked so many industries. Oh, yeah. And uh, things could be very different if fucking pandemic never happened. You could be working some other job. Yeah, I could be Ontario right now. The fact is, is like you're creating shows. Like you're, you're acting as a really good host of a regular show, but also you're producing one-off shows that are awesome. Keep on that fucking train. Keep yeah. doing more shows. Just go try you have it. A fucking, number one, he makes fucking gorgeous posters. 
Why aren't why are you just not a graphic designer? I should be. Eh? Like like they're fucking gorgeous. Thanks. And the branding's on like you actually promote your shows, you actually post oh, that's when important. they are like like you're you're good at it. Thank you. So go with that. Yeah, I mean, here's trying. <laughs> Don't I'm trying. But I mean that is tough when you haven't worked. You tr- like because I was unemployed for nine months during uh, the lockdown. I was like, I feel, yeah, I truly feel like I'm not. You feel like you're not society. contributing to society. You feel like you failed everyone in your life. And then, do you have siblings? Yeah, you mm-hmm. have a sister, correct? I have a sister who's a vet. Yeah, she's a vet. Does she have a house? Yes, both my sisters that she, have houses. That they both own, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so me and the middle child. My sister has a house. She's married. She's about to have a child. Could be happening right now. That's so um, exciting. And then I my, hope it happens during this podcast. My brother is two years younger than me, and he has a house. Right. Yeah. So but, uh, well, what's your what's your younger brother do? Construction. Okay. Well, drywall taping stuff like that. But work. that's like, like trade jobs like that. Like people go into them and they're like, okay, this is what I want to do. And like, I feel like people who do jobs like that, like that's very much so what they want, and it's reliable, and it just happens to be this really reliable industry. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't get down on yourself for having a passion, yeah, for a job that's not in something like that. Yeah, you I know, mean, like I my uh, one of my best, well. Basically, my best friend from childhood died when I was like 25 or something, 23, 24. And he was like 21, 22, 23. I can't remember the exact age. What a great friend, eh? Uh, But uh, um, when he died, he was on his way to a job that he wanted. And he liked and he was like kind of working towards it. And he'd he'd been doing all this stuff. And he he was in a car accident. And after that, I was just like, I'm never going to do something that I don't want to do just because I feel like I have to do it. Right. Because if I die, what what am I going to die for? I'm going to be dying on my. I could die on, on my way to a job that I didn't want to do, anyways. Mm-hmm. I could die mm-hmm. on my way. I could die at home because I fucking I'm doing something I don't like. I could I could do so many things that would you know kind of contradict the idea of living just because I felt like I needed to. And I will say, I'm lucky. I, by no means am I would I ever live out on the streets because I have people in my life that care about me and that would support me. And, and I could go back to my parents' house if I needed to and I fucked up and I, you know. But mentally in my head, I would be disappointed if I did something just because I felt like I needed to do it because traditional standards would be, right. you need to have this job, you need to have this house, you need to be married, you need Here to have Here are these goalposts that you have so, to hit. Yeah, these yeah. milestones, these traditional yeah. milestones. Yeah. I just hit 30 this year and that was like a huge battle for me. Like a huge battle. It's a big the, one. The idea of like, I'm 30 and my younger brother already has a house and I'm nowhere near having a house. Do you really I, want one? I don't know. I want a sense of home. Is what the biggest thing for me was. Ew. Yeah, I know. That fucking hurts, eh? But I mean, but 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 there you there you go. Like maybe that's not a a, a really nice house. Maybe that's a really no, nice No, I don't need a nice house. I'll sleep in my car, dude. I don't give a <laughs> shit. But like but honestly, like it's really hard to to battle those types of pressures. Oh yeah. I'm like I'm turning thirty four, which is like I'm going to be soon considered geriatric pregnancy if I get pregnant. Mm. That The whole kids thing is something I think about a lot, which is like, yeah, will that ever happen? Do I want that to happen? I don't know. But I'm running out of time. I feel like with kids, there might be like a FOMO aspect too. I, well, your sister's pregnant. I've always just been very curious about being pregnant. (laughs) 
Maybe I should just be a surrogate. Dude, she she tells me all the time that she doesn't get to drink. She does. She has to eat certain things. She gets cravings. Is she is she having a good pregnancy? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. But they, I will say, and she she won't listen to this. I hope not. And hopefully, if she does, she doesn't mind me sharing this. She had a very rough go prior to this. Getting pregnant um, or health 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 thing. stuff. Okay, so. It's like, it's a journey. And, and even if you want it, like, it can be a fucking struggle. So, like, it's a weird thing to have kids. Do you know? And I've I've always been against it. Do you, do you not want them? No, never. No? Never. You, don't, you don't want them at all? Never. You'd be such a good dad. Never. I don't want to be a dad. I am so selfish. And, I, and this goes back to my confidence level and what I think of myself and how much I don't like me. In the idea of, like, I would hate to have me as a father. Why? Because I I've done nothing with my life. But 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 so, so to be to try kid, and raise a kid and be like. But Matt, a kid doesn't care about that. A Eventually, kid, they will a when they cares. don't when they when they only get to eat the no name brand KD because their dad is getting fifty bucks to do a fucking tata show. But a, a kid won't care about that. A kid w- would care about you being attentive, with you being supportive, which you're all of those things. I'm not to kids though. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how to talk to kids. Like to I'm friends, like, I am. I'll I'm be like, supportive. I like babies. I'm cool with because I'm like they can't. They're just cute little bags. Yeah, they can't talk back. Bags of spit and like like grunts, little grunts. But like when they're when they get to the age where they're talking to you, there was one time uh, a friend introduced me to one of her kids, and I didn't know how to talk to him, and I just went, "Nice to meet you," and I reached out my hand to shake his hand. Kid was like, kid was like four, like. Know what the fuck? You have to be so energetic with kids. Like I've worked with kids, and that's why I don't want any. It's just because like I've seen every make and model of child, and I'm like, no way. So you're a hard no. So if you met woman of your dreams, maybe you already met her. I don't know. Um, and she was like, I want to be a mom. Yeah. Like I want children, and everything was great. She support your comedy relationship was good, and she was like, I oh, really dude, want you're this. Cutting deep, man. Would would. <laughs> Well, I'm curious. Um, I will say that I was seeing a girl and like we kind of were drifting apart-ish, I would say. And then also she had gone through a lot of life changes. And when we first started dating, kids was very much off the table for both of us. And later on, she changed her mind and she wanted it. And I was a very strict no. And we kind of, that was one of the factors in why we kind of uh-huh. split up a bit is because she didn't want to be a full no. And I was like very much a no. And even if further down the road, I could change my mind. I just didn't want someone waiting around for me to do that. You know what I mean? That's fair. So, yeah, for well, sure. Well, the good thing if about you was, is you can change your mind whenever. You could be 70. Exactly. Yeah, you could I be could, 70 and be like, yeah, yeah if there's I one thing you guys now. need to know about Matt Baker is I am fucking potent. No. <laughs> <laughs> 70 year old still making babies uh no but like i've all that's just always what i wanted i never wanted kids and and i wouldn't i would hate to put someone in a situation where i where they wanted it and i wasn't gonna give it to them and i feel like so many people get in this idea of like soulmate shit and they're it's not a thing you're you don't have a soulmate sure there's never been i had a buddy in high school who was like i i believe in soulmates i was like you believe in soulmates he's like yeah I was like, so you think right now your girlfriend could be in South Africa and you just haven't met her yet? And he's like, no, I don't think that's the case. 
I'm like, why? He's like, well, I don't think my my soulmate's from South Africa. I was like, then you don't know how soulmates work. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't get to choose where your soulmate's from if you think soulmates are a fucking thing. So the idea of that stuff is bullshit. So I think if people <laughs> are, you, you're going to find people that you like and tolerate enough that you want to spend, you know, ideally maybe your life with, maybe not. The idea of spending your life with someone, I think in the long run is very much like a traditional thought. But at the same time, I, I, I commend it because it's a very large commitment and it's nice to share things with people. But we're talking marriage now, aren't we? Yeah. Do you, it, do marriage, you believe in marriage? marriage? Or like, would you would you do it? I mean, marriage exists. <laughs> do you believe that it is? <laughs> I guess I guess what I mean is, is like I used to hold it so high on the list. And oh, yeah. as time has gone by, it has gotten so low on the list oh, fuck yeah. for me in terms of like what the, like because i just know so many couples who are awesome have never gotten married yeah but on the like to play devil's advocate on it it's like yeah okay if you're each other's person you've chosen each other because that's what it is it's not about soulmates yeah. it's about choosing yeah um like why not make the legal commitment like there's why like like there's why people yeah. but then there's why not people and i'm just yeah. kind of like well why not also i'd like to just wear a wedding dress yeah, and I get that for sure. I think having that moment is cool. Yeah, right? that, proposal. Like, Don't do it on Christmas Day. Significance of of those, you know, the proposal, the marriage, the wedding day, all that stuff. I think those are cool things because it it brings people together to celebrate those. But yeah. I I think the government aspect of it, whereas it's like you have to sign something that you're bound to this person it seems ridiculous to me oh yeah that part is ridiculous so but like that's, marriage that's if you where... want to marry someone and put a ring on their finger and be like yeah you're my wife without the government being involved yeah go for it uh, but if you want if you're like i want to get married and i want to sign the papers and i want everyone to know that i'm mrs this and you're mr that and all that like i think it just seems like a lot mm-hmm mm-hmm but yeah that's uh i i listen i there's this youtube video that's titled the reason why you'll marry the wrong person. And oh, I saw that. It popped my up my feed for some reason. <laughs> Someone posted it. Um, it blew my fucking mind because it was essentially just like we choose people who may, who um, actually it, we're all just recreating our childhood. <laughs> That's not good. It's pretty bleak. And it really just made me go, oh, none of this doesn't fucking matter no. it really doesn't matter no nope. really doesn't matter it kind of sucks painful rent i gotta say oh yeah that's For i'm sure. like that side of things would be helpful having someone to split the rent worth is cool but also at the same time if you end up hating that person have you ever lived with someone a partner um no 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 not really not like just me and that person like like you haven't like shared oh okay like yeah like I'm currently seeing someone. Not living like, together? No. But they're around a lot. And I, I I like that, obviously. Like that's I appreciate it. But like we're it's not like we just have a space together and that's it. No one else is there. It's like I'm living at someone else's house, so they just come by anytime. Anyways. But mm. I've never lived with someone specifically. Okay. Just a partner. And honestly, I I don't know how well I do because I'm a mess of a person. It for multiple I, in multiple ways. Yeah, I had that in my phone. Are you? Are you? Wh- what makes you a mess? I'm messy. First of all, how how messy we talking? You haven't seen my bedroom, so I'm curious. No, um, my room is pretty bad. I'd say I can I can get bad, but not disgusting. Okay, are we talking? Um, 
more clutter mess than dirty. Like you don't. Oh, clothes and stuff. Clothes and objects, not like plates and fucking. There you go. Pizza boxes. Piles of clothes. Yeah, that's. I have so many piles of clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the clothes mountain kind of thing. Uh, oh, dude, I had a joke about that. Sorry to fucking go off. No, no, no. I was like, what? What was that joke about? Got to think about this stuff. Got a showcase coming up. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I'm very, I, I, I used to really beat myself up about being messy. And then I was like, you do a lot, Sarah. Yeah. Stop beating your, like, there's going to be dishes in the sink. If you're literally working eight hours, coming home, like running to a mic and not getting back until 10 or 11. For sure. Like, like ease up. Um, but it is, it can create anxiety. The way I would see it is like, if you have mess, don't, don't feel like you always have to tackle it. Like it's so important to have those things in your life that you like to do and the things that you're obligated to do. But like, if it came down to me and I was like, if I just got home from somewhere and I was like, I really feel like reading, but there's dishes. I'm going to read. Yeah. Because reading is better for me than doing the dishes. Because eventually I'll see the dishes and I'll want to do them. I'll right. be like, oh, yeah. You know what I feel like doing? Sprucing this place up a bit. And, and it'll, it'll make you feel good and, and not feel resentful. Good. Exactly. And I'm not just doing the fucking dishes because they're there and then I don't get to read because i got to go to bed and i got to go this. Like, I'd rather do the reading thing. And then when I wake up tomorrow morning, I feel like, oh, shit, I got to do something that I really enjoyed last night. I have a little bit of free time. Why not just do the dishes? Okay. So I think kind of focusing and that that goes back to my idea of like i always want to do i always want to know that i'm doing something i enjoy because if i died and they're like what was he doing you're like oh he's doing the fucking dishes but you could still die you're never gonna do the things you like all the time no by no means like i mean i'm on this podcast (laughs) now that's what you get for not inviting me to foyer group that would get me some views just saying (laughs) <laughs> Might be a good time to die. Yeah. You guys want... All right. Leave a five-star review Listen, if you want me to kill myself fucking, on the next one. <laughs> I, podca- I live-streamed with Vaughn the day before he died. That's wild. Yeah. I don't... I only replay that about once a week and watch back that footage because Sarah's still dealing with that. Dude, it's important to deal with that, though. So important. Yeah. So important. I can't believe it's coming up on a year. Dude, I That's wild. I will say this, and I don't want to get things emotional because I know you are an emotional individual and you're entitled to What are you that. talking about? Me? Yes, you. What makes you think that? Uh <laughs> Hey Sarah, Have cue you ever the B roll. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen me cry? Yeah, the fucking uh you're crying at uh Snigley's the the night you did your live show. <laughs> I remember okay. So I wanna share a good Matt memory. And this this speaks to your character, because I'll never forget this as long as I live. <laughs> I was a stress hurricane that day, um, because I take on a lot of my own. And one thing with the podcast moving forward, after episode 200, things are going to change a bit. I'm asking for help. I'm assembling a team to help me with this, because I can't do it all. Now that I'm doing stand-up, I have all these energy pools, and I need help. Um, but that live show I did mostly all myself i had a lot of help with the actual content of the show but the mm. logistics i was yeah, doing yeah, a the lot actual of puppeteering of everything is difficult fucking popcorn machine and i had this popcorn machine i was just like i can't figure out how to do this <laughs> and you were like sarah you're great but fuck off yeah <laughs> you just stepped in 
and handled it and it was so nice and i'll just never forget that because it was so funny because you're just like just fuck off go just go do your thing this is literally the lead but that's like that's like the micromanaging in a sense that like i get it because it's your show and your name's on it and you want it to do well so it's like i gotta cook the popcorn too just in case but like, it's not like you don't trust me, but you just want to know that it's done. And then that way, you know that it was done to the best you could do. And then that way, if there was a complaint, it would go to you and you'd be like, but this is why. Yeah. So yeah. with the popcorn, I was just like, dude, fuck off. Like, I know. Like, of course, I, I, dude, big, I look like I worked at a carnival for three years. Like, big <laughs> issue for me is the control thing. And I'm ridding myself of that this yeah. year. And I'm getting someone to help me with even just the day to day of the podcast Going forward, someone's probably going to be here manning all of this while I can talk. That's sweet. Um, I'm. It's um time to time to relax and and uh, self care a bit. Self care a bit, and it'll help you. And the more people that you get involved with the project, within reason, can only help boost a project. And the way that I see it too is is like going back to what you said about like you're not working and you feel like shit because you're not working. And it's like with anyone who's trying to do comedy. Like, get into content creation. Get into stuff yeah. that's similar to fucking I keep saying I'm comedy. going to do that. I'm going to do that. But, like, but but this is what I mean. Like, surround yourself with people who are doing it. Get in, even just, like, come hang out sometime. Like, I don't know. You got to find those people that are doing the things that you want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never want to be the smartest person it. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it, but if people start doing, like, podcasting, um, you know, video stuff, like, all of that stuff can be related to comedy. Yeah. And you could eventually work in the field. I never fucking thought that I would be working in podcasting. And yeah. here I am. Yeah. I I, think- to me, that was just, like, a pipe dream. That was, like, wait, what? Like, I can't, like these people saw this like what I consider a shit show of a podcast. I've made jokes being like, this is a shit show of a podcast. It's a great podcast. But it's, it's a shit show. Well done. But they're like, you've done this for four years. That's in, that's like a level of insanity that only a podcast producer, a true podcast yeah. producer could have. You're hired. There that's you go. What, But like, this is what I mean. Start yeah, now. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, Start yeah. now. It might take time. I feel like I'm like I do that a bit. I do I do do video content just not for myself. But like you're you're you have amazing photos. Get into photography. I I am into photography. But like do more of that. I am doing more of it. Get people to pay you to do it. I'm on. uh, Do you follow Emmett? I'm 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 his three most recent posts are all me. There you go. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I got stuff in the work. So you can still pursue your dream while doing these other micro dreams that will only. Help Boost. get you to that other dream. Yeah. yeah. Like creative people just aren't meant to be stable. No. <laughs> no, I agree with that. There's like, like just not. There's so much of that. Like, oh, let me ask you this. And this is because I think uh, you and I are similar in the person. And I think comics might have this. But are you the type of person that dives in? Yes. Yeah. Because so, that, that's the only way this podcast happened was I said... Let's. I'm gonna release this weekend. It's gonna be every Friday. Yeah. And the issue is because I've seen people try to start podcasts, and they they're just kind of here's episode one. Yeah. And you know, and, and like they said three, it's gonna be a weekly weeks show. Later, yeah. And I and I go, where's episode two? Oh, things came up. No, no, no. You have to make it part of literally your weekly life yeah you're, you gotta Your schedule daily it if life you want even. it to become something you have to water that plant 
on a schedule. Otherwise, that plant will die. You will get to a point where like you're releasing episodes where you're like, oh, I'm not the hugest fan of that episode, but I still did it. And then it will become... It's it's Wednesday night and I'm not editing. What the heck? I have to edit something. Or yeah. I ha- it's like literally a routine and muscle memory. And so like I can't just stress that enough. Dive the fuck in. Do it. Doesn't have to be perfect. Get in the routine of doing it. Because life's too fucking short, man. Dude. I, I had this conversation. <laughs> I'm ramped. My, uh, my boss, roommate, good friend, his fiance, Jackie, she's been doing some YouTube stuff lately. Yeah. And she dove into it, and then she got to the point where you kind of mentioned where you're like you get to this thing where you like you don't like some of it, and you're just like, "That's fine, put it out there." Because if you don't like it, someone else will. And consistency is so key with oh yeah YouTube podcast anything like it's like you you mentioned um you've had a lot of moments of wanting to quit comedy. Oh, I yeah. want to quit this thing every two weeks too. I do because I go. Got to record with Matt Baker on Saturday night. I could be going on a date with someone, but yeah. I got to record with this idiot. Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> you should have told your. If you want to go out on a date, I can give you Zeeshan's number. <laughs> Zeeshan's the pizza guy. But you know what I mean. And then, but then I'm here, and I'm like, no, this is an awesome Saturday night. I'm having a blast. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it. It, it really is a grind. But if oh, you yeah. if you do love something, you should really give it a fair shot. And you gotta give it a fair shot, and you got. Yeah. I think what's happening too is, and this is something I've probably said too, and this is something that my really good friend, comic friend, um, said to me: if you say something in your mind, your brain's already tricked into, or you say something out loud, your brain's already tricked you into thinking that you've done it. Yeah. So if you're like. I'm going to fucking record a show tomorrow. Your brain's like, yeah, you are. And you wake up and you're like, I pretty much already did it. I don't even need to do it because I said I did it. Yeah. So yeah. you're yeah. better off not do, not say anything about it. Not, and I told this to uh, a local comic uh, who was drinking a lot and said he was going to quit drinking. And he's like, man, I'm going to quit drinking. And I said, don't fucking tell me. Like, I'm stoked, but don't tell me. Tell me three months down the road. That you haven't had a drink for three months. And then I'll be like, fuck yeah, man. Like, yeah. that's impressive. But it's so easy for us to say that we're going to do things and then just not and then fall back on them. Yeah. I, um, And I've been called out a couple times on this, which is like, I think you reached out to me in the summer when I posted an episode about depression. Yeah. And like. I don't. I don't want to get emotional about this, but like, I was so just like, I'm gonna get help. I'm gonna do it, guys. Never done it. Like, I, I still yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I still haven't um, made that a priority. And it's it's bad because I I really should because I oh yeah it'll get it's it's not gonna it's like an infection, dude. If you're not taking antibiotics, it's not going away. You're just kind of like letting your body battle it, and your body's doing a good job of battling it. So you're like, oh, it's cool, like my body's fighting it. But then you have the odd day where you just you your your body's like, fuck, dude, we're taking a timeout, and Yesterday. then it fucking hits you. Um, and like, and I'm all about my, like when I started comedy, I wasn't working. So I was able to go up as much as I want. Like there were times that I was doing like, you know, three a week. Yeah. Which is so I loved fun. it, but I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I could sleep till noon the next day and mm-hmm. work off that adrenaline that we talked about, yep. which is huge, which I find is really bad for trying to get to sleep early. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if you do well. And that's what happened to me this week. I literally, my, I had a, like on the bus was like. Oh, I haven't been eating well. I haven't been sleeping. 
I've been just nonstop go, 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 go while trying to excel in this new job because I'm trying to impress them. But I'm also trying to do really well at stand up. I'm also trying to do really well. I'm like, holy shit, this is a lot. And my body went, you need to stop. And I slept for three hours when I got home. That's good, though. I mean, you like, <laughs> but it shouldn't get to that point, really. No, you should be it taking does. care of yourself. I mean, you, 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 at the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself for sure. But, are you good at that? I mean, right now, yeah, because I don't have a job, so I'm just like, well, there you go, I'm right. not, I'm not doing much. I like, I'll, I'll sleep shittily sometimes, but like other than that, I make it a point to go. A big thing for me, and this has always been a big thing, is I make it a point to spend at least. At least an hour outside every day. That's huge. Just because for me, it's always been a grounder. In like, I'm not like a spiritual guy by any means, but for me, going into a forest or hanging out by a river is just like the ultimate, like going home. And then, like, I just when I'm there, like nothing could be in my head, and I could spend three hours there. And I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, this is sick." I always get so jealous when I see your pictures because I'm like, he's clearly in like this beautiful place, and I'm here in this mess of an apartment stressed <laughs> and hating everything and i wish i could just go where matt baker is that's that's the downside to instagram though too is like yeah i was there but i also have the <laughs> just the fucking messy room and the stresses and stuff like that so i'm just for, seeing the mountains yeah, yeah so exactly I, you I, see I, the mountains you see the rivers you see the smiles mm-hmm. you never see like but that's why it's like it's honorable for you to post it like you're depressed and stuff like that like I mean, I hope so. Asking I have a for lot help of, is so such a fucking scary thing. I do feel like people roll sometimes roll their eyes at how open I am about it because they might think like, "Oh, she's doing it for attention and shit." But I'm like, no, it's for every eye roll I get, I get messages being like, "I agree with this. I relate to this. Yeah. Thank you for talking about it. Thank We're you for normalizing for it. The normalizing thing is huge. We have to normalize the fact that oh, yeah, you're not we're all mentally ill." Okay. To kind of relate this, and I, I don't mean to like kind of be like, but this is the thing. Like, I, I'm very much the idea that people try and always relate things so then I can show you that I understand within reason how you're going about it. Um, my friend quit drinking, and when she quit drinking, and she'd tell, she'd post about it, there'd be like a, a, a good amount of people that were like, sweet, and then other people like, yeah, we get it, you're sober. But then the the idea being that like some people are just portraying their insecurity in the sense of like, fuck, I wish I was that open about it. Yeah. Fuck, I wish I was sober. And then you questioning yourself as to like, do I need to become sober or do I need to be more open with my emotions? And then you see it as like, fuck that person for being open with their emotions. I don't need to be open with yeah. my emotions. Fuck that. And you get upset about it because you're like, oh, here's someone that's clearly like working on themselves. And it's, and it's like this idea, like maybe I need to work on myself. Yeah. It's putting the mirror back on and them. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then you're like, you either say fuck yeah or fuck you. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, I see, I see my stats. I see who stops looking at things after I do certain things. Oh yeah. I stopped liking your shit long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're fucking but- bored. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm, and it's goes. This goes back. It's all tying together. It goes back to like the wanting to be liked thing, and it's like it's just really hard as an adult. You're thirty. I'm thirty four. Ooh, I'm thirty three. I'm not thirty four yet. You're thirty three. Um, but it's hard as an adult to be like, what, like who, what is my authentic self, and do I accept that authentic self, and mm. am I okay with how I'm portraying myself? Because. Yeah. Social media 
it's sometimes real, but it's sometimes yeah. not. Oh, yeah. So figuring that out and that balance is hard. You have intoxicated and you have Sarah Mac- Mackle as mm-hmm. your Insta. Do you, um, when you're on Insta, do you post like pretty much anything on your personal Insta? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I've tr- been trying to hold back, honestly, because uh, I started to go, oh, I think I need to just like work on my like in-person friendships and not talk to Instagram stories all the time. Mm. Like it was a weird. Yeah, I get you there. Whereas like I'll still talk to Insta stories if I have something to say that I think people will relate to. But I think it's important to remember that and this is harsh and i said it in my last episode and it kind of stung with the guest but this is a harsh realization i came to have which was like the more you post the lonelier you probably are ah your last guest didn't appreciate that (laughs) and what i mean by that is is like i see people who are just like filming every single thing and I just go, I think we have a problem with being present. I'm like, I have it too. Oh, Even yeah. though I'm trying to hold back. But like, like it's just kind of a, I'm really trying to like foster friendships in real life more so now. Um, that's hard because adult friendships are hard. And I can never, oh, yeah. get, I can never get together with people because everyone has partners and lives. And so for me, it's like, yeah, how do I stay connected to the audience online? Yeah. But still have a life outside of that, which is hard. Oh, yeah. To go off of what you're saying with, like, the idea of, like, being the lonelier you are, the more you post, I feel like there there is some realism to that because you're almost posting it out there to be like, I'm here. Where are you? Yeah. Oh. And then, like, when you do that, there's there's a chance that people are either going to interact with that or they're just going to be like, I'm not going to fucking say nothing. TikTok. There's so many people on TikTok that are, oh, like, yeah. that have these niche followings that are essentially becoming their friends um and there's people you can't gauge that but that's the thing and that's why it's dangerous i think yeah you gotta wonder okay what if tiktok is gone tomorrow yeah what if they ban it in canada what who are you without that yep and this is what and like going back to your pictures and stuff and like you wanted to be in the woods like there's nothing that my that I want more right now than to literally just spend a weekend disconnected in a cabin in the woods, drink a coffee outside in some fucking with a lake. Like, you know, what? like yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. really want that. Uh, and maybe one day I'll, I'll get there. But honestly, this is my hippy dippy bullshit Mad Baker bit. But uh, I very much I think the humans and this is going to sound so stupid. I love this. Say no, tell me. I think the humans have disconnected ourselves from nature so much that we don't see ourselves as a part of nature mm-hmm. anymore. That's we so see true. ourselves as controllers of it. We see mm. ourselves as we make so much. We make cows. We make sheep. We make chickens. We make fish. Like we salmon runs are fucking manufactured now. Right. So we don't see ourselves as a part of that system as much as we control it. But realistically, we are a part of that system. Yep. So it's important to go out and remind yourself that Without all these things, this is where you would be. And how would you survive? Yeah. Would you be okay? I and, really. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you need to. I'm not saying that you that well, we the world is going to crash and you're going to need to know how this stuff is. But I definitely think that you need to realize that there's so many contraptions that have been made for us 
that are not necessarily playing for us anymore. They're just there so that we can still, you know, go from one to the other to the other. Whereas, like, when you go outside and you're in the woods and you're walking, right? Like, there's so little that you need to endure so much. And you can just, the biggest thing, and this is like one of my favorite quotes is the loudest silence is nature because like you can go Are you out sure there. Are sure it's not being ghosted by someone you love? No, I don't know. <laughs> I've never been ghosted. Some girl. Oh, bloody duh. Some girl accused me what? of ghosting her once. What did you do? How, what was the situation? How many dates? Oh, like we hung out once or twice and I just, like I text her, but I wouldn't really want to hang out with her again. And then she's like. You're ghosting me. I'm like, I'm, oh, that's not ghosting. I'm texting you right now. Yeah, that's not ghosting. I'm just not. I'm just not confident enough to tell you that I don't. She has an anxious out. attachment style. That's not ghosting. Yeah. So anyway, not to go off of that, but yeah, I think go if you get a chance to go outside, go outside. Because, I uh, I need someone uh, to bring me to there because I just I'm not. Yeah. Doesn't Scott invite you? I just met, I was just talking Scott. to Scott. Dude's fucking freezing his ass off right now. His tent. He's barely got a working leg. What I will say is the nature thing. Um, I would love to try mushrooms outside sometime. Uh, <laughs> and Scott mushrooms. is my ticket to that because he keeps wanting me to do it. Uh, when Vaughn died, I was so terribly depressed that I was just like, I want to be anywhere but here. Yeah. I want to be anywhere but <laughs> like this fucking apartment became hell for me. It's what timing of it all was so fucked, man. Yeah. Brutal. So and it, it happened. A co- like it happened the within a four days of when things actually shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But you want to try mushrooms. I number one, I want to get outside more. Maybe mushrooms at some point. We'll but it does make me nervous. Group cam- I think we should do a comedy camping trip for sure. I think Can it not s- be in the winter? No, no, no. For sure in the summer. I I don't think anyone would survive the winter. But I think it would be cool if all the comics, it, and even it could be in the winter, we could just get a cabin somewhere. All oh, the comics love a cabin. And, like go in on a thing and just go hang out in the woods. I would love that. I think that would be cool. I, I need to go. I, it, yeah. I, it's kind of a, a weird reckoning right now where it's like, I just really got to, I got to get away. And... When you were younger, did you hang out in the forest at all? Yeah. Or, and that's yeah, the thing. That's like the big, everyone does. That's, that's. Ugh, I hate saying inner child or whatever, but it's like getting back to that sense of like simplicity of like, hey, remember when we didn't even talk on screens and we used to just like run around the woods? We used to slide down pine tree branches for fun. Yeah. We would climb up a pine tree and slide down the branches on the outside of the tree. Yeah. (laughs) But like we it's and this again and like hippy dippy bullshit stuff. But like when you were younger. And then as you get older, you're like, what came into my life and what left my life that now I don't feel the same way I do? And a lot of the time it's like, oh, I spent a lot of time outside when I was younger. And now as an adult, I don't. Yeah. And is that a factor? It's like, fuck yeah, it's a factor. Hell yeah, it is. It's a huge factor. Go outside, jump in a lake, climb a tree, do a hike, fucking catch a fish. Ooh. Go do any of that stuff. And it'll just tune you back a bit like, and just Mm. be like, oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah, brings you right back and clears your oh, head. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and we live in like Nova Scotia is a beautiful province. Oh there's yeah, there's so much to see. So many nice even places. within like 25 minutes from Halifax, you can go so many cool coastlines, and there's so much to see and do and hike and view and like the ocean. I think is like such a cool thing to think about. 
Would you say it's your favorite body of water? No. No. What is your favorite body of water? Yeah, I say this one time. Damn it. Fuck. You did the test sure. thing. I, where wasn't it's sure. like, I wasn't sure. I can't remember what it is that it relates to, <laughs> but you did that test thing. And I was like, uh, it's the thing that you did this and this and that and whatever. I was like, no. Okay. We're going to circle back. Okay, you're you're you don't like that you don't have a house and you're not established where you want to be. Yeah, that's fine. You have time. You're only thirty. Relax. I mean, get knows. over that. I will. We'll and you're see. wildly talented. And you'll you'll Thanks. you're gonna you're gonna be fine. Um, you don't. You're messy. Ah, eh, it's fine. I'm messy. Yeah, I'm messy. <laughs> financially, financially, I'm reckless. Ooh, financially, me too. I'm reckless. I am so bad. I just bought a new camera, and when I should have paid off all my debt, and I didn't, and now I moved out here. I'm just racking. Do more you debt have here. an old camera that you'd be willing to sell? No, I don't. I just oh, bought. It. I sold my old <laughs> camera a while ago, and just bought a new one. And the new one I bought was twenty five hundred dollars just Holy for the body. Shit, dude! Yeah. Well, it's great though. It takes great photos. Um, well, I take good photos. It's a tool to doing that. That's like my biggest pet peeve is when people are like, "Well, your phone, your camera takes great photos." And you're like, no, I like, I use the camera to take nice photos. The camera has to do a job. Yeah. But like, I, yeah, if I gave a camera to a toddler, you wouldn't be like, wow, this camera takes great photos. No, you'd be like, this camera takes shitty photos. And you'd be like, why is that? You're, Cause it's in the hands of a toddler. That's right. So it's a DSLR. Uh, mirrorless. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm looking to get one. It's part of why I start the only fans. Uh, because I, w- I wanted to start doing. Is there, uh, let me ask you this: Is there actual money behind that? Is like, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying. I don't want you to be like upset about it or like embarrassed or or not, not embarrassed. I think by all means, if you have one, you're probably a little more. You know, you're you're proud of yourself and you're confident within that. And but is there actually money to be made there? Like, yes. is there? Um, they do take twenty percent though. Oh, yeah. Who so any good uh, that's, does. That's right? why you gotta set it high. Uh, although Tori. I don't know. You've probably seen Tori at shows. Blonde, blonde Disney princess. Camera, came around with Jim one time, right? Yes. Yeah. She's a Disney princess. Gorgeous. Um, she blew my mind because she was like, well, mine's free and I just charge per post. So like she'll post something and charge, say, like five or ten bucks to see the post. Mm. And you make more money that way. Whereas like me, I was charging $30 a month. But like they they take the 20 right Mm -hmm. i was just like oh well this is my body so i'm gonna charge this (laughs) um but then i stopped posting and then i lost all my fans so (laughs) so you're only fanless i'm only fanless (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's all right yeah i mean it's all in how you work it right like i don't i I didn't ever want to promote it so publicly like yeah I, which is wild because people message me all the time for it. And I'm like, well, how did you hear about it? Interesting. And like, to me, that's like a whole level of confidence. What of like messaging? Well, this is the thing. Uh, It was a lot of fake accounts for a long time. Mm. And then, um, and then people like the people who do requests from their real accounts. I'm like, well, first of all, thank you. Because that's. It's nice to know that, like, you're like, this is who I am and I want to see your boobs. I was actually like, because someone asked and I was like, I've never met you, but I know of you. Um, but, like, I was just like, Bold oh. move, Farah. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but I was very honest with them. I was like, I'm not really, like, I gained weight and I'm not feeling myself. I haven't been posting. Yeah. So it's not worth it for you to have this. And they were like, 
oh thank you you could have totally like swindled me into mine i was like no i'm not gonna be a dick about it yeah, it's not yeah, worth yeah. it for you to pay 30 dollars for nothing yeah, yeah like i'm not gonna steal your money i'm not an insane person no i'm selling my body but i'm also respectable no I'm yeah just i think honestly especially that's, if they if they message from their real account like that's commendable oh, yeah. as shit and that's i don't for judge sure. For sure. That's like a whole level of fucking. I don't judge, but I also have the right to not give it to you because it's weird. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I would have a backup account with other people's photos that I would just sell. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? And that was why I like vet people because I was just like, yeah, there's some mean people out there that could probably leak these. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's yeah. There's no point for me. There's too much risk involved with this individual. Like, I'm, it's not worth the thirty dollars minus twenty percent. Honestly, though, I would, I'd be fine. I'd, I'd be like, ah, oh, that fucking sucks if that got leaked. But at least they're good photos. As long as you're happy with Maybe it. Maybe I'd get more work from it. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You, yeah, you you might recognize your next comic from leaked photos on the internet, folks. Okay, what else do you not like about yourself? Um, I don't like my appearance. What? Yeah. Fuck off. Serious. But hey, here, let me let me say this, and I've heard you say this: is you can't yuck someone's yum. You've said that before. Yeah, everyone's someone's foot. Yeah. Or wait, I didn't say that right. Every, yeah, everyone. Yeah, everyone is someone's. Yeah. Yeah, but the idea is like I just don't like the way I look, and and I'm I've accepted that, and and people have told me that I look good, and I and I appreciate that that. But at the end of the day, when I see myself, I'm not. I don't like it. And that is probably more underlying stuff than it is surface stuff. What is there certain things you don't like? Everything. <laughs> but like. I don't like the fact that my mustache doesn't meet in the middle. Oh my gosh. Uh, my teeth are the thing I hate the most. You could, you're fine teeth. No, I got shit teeth. Look. What are you talking about? gap here. These are all crooked as shit. I got <laughs> my, my mouth is like double bubble. It's mostly gum. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. We haven't been dinging the bell at all. I should. We should just do a couple dingers. Just that's wild to me. But also, like, I think that men should talk about this more. My teeth look like sea glass. (laughs) (laughs) They don't at all. (laughs) Because women talk a lot about body image stuff, and it's very normalized for women to talk about it. But I, I feel like with men, it's not as normalized, and it should be. My teeth look like someone paper macheed a mug back together. Okay, this. Okay, talking about the. I don't mean roasted yourself. You have to forgive yourself. And remember, I just did an episode on body positivity. Your body is what takes you through life. It is a vessel. It is the vessel. And it, it is not your all of what you are. No. It is your just the, the vessel. It's the encasement. But it also can really help to get you laid. So it really sucks when you don't like what's going on. At the end of the day. Personality always wins for the most part. Does that like really affect you though? Like, like do, does the body image or like not liking how you look, um, hold uh, you, does it hold you back from things? Cause I wrote down some assumptions I have of you in my yeah, phone. Yeah, And one of them was, well, I wrote down some, I just wrote things I don't know about Matt. Things you don't know about me. Well, actually we kind of, we kind of said, oh, well, how to bomb well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, Life balance with comedy. I wrote, you hang out with bros, but you're not a bro. I hang out with bros, but I'm not a bro. I feel like you hang out with the bro-y type. 
but uh, you yourself are not a broy. I will person. say, in high school, I always hung out with everyone, and I was never best friends with anyone. I got along with everyone. I was neutral. I was Swiss, whatever it is. I got along with people, and that was like my want to be liked. And, but also, like I was just like, I know I don't fit in with the popular kids, but I know I don't fit in with these guys because they're you know they're the weirdos or whatever it is. But like I was just like the fine line. So now. Whatever I, I I find like I can usually mesh with almost anyone, but partially I give that to my job because as a tour guide you have to like you're given eight people to hang out with like for two or four hours a day, so it's like you have to be good with everyone. So yeah, I think I can just hang out with mostly anyone. There's some people that I avoid hanging out with just because I, I maybe don't appreciate them or or I don't see what they see and and i'm not going to force myself to hang out with them because i don't think it's going to be beneficial for either party to hang out with each other so but i uh i'm not a bro but yeah i'll hang out with bros okay so i was right on that one so this was the other assumption i have was you always have an option with women and by that i mean there's always someone on the go (laughs) baker's getting it Um, and and but, but like that's not an insult. That's to say you're a very charming, handsome guy. Thank you. Um, and women like that. And I feel like you all like they're people like you. you be, women have come to you and gone, "I want to date you." Maybe. Like I haven't experienced that in almost a decade, so I have no idea what that feels. Well, like. maybe just women don't find you attractive. Maybe you should. I think you've been trying to send out signals for men. That's why probably women aren't approaching you. Um, I tried it once. It wasn't for me. Yeah. (laughs) See, even that to me is like, what? I wouldn't say that. Like, it's always an option for me. I've always been very nervous of it. And I've literally been in relationships for my whole entire life. Like, this is what I mean. Yeah. Women are drawn to you. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) But like, at the same time, it's. It's you, when when you say it the way I think about it, it's like there's multiple women in any room that want me. And I don't think that's the case. I think that no. there's a specific individuals. But yeah, so I've had there's moments in my life where, yeah, there's women that are interested in me. But there's I wouldn't say it's like a plethora. I wouldn't say I'm a, a wanted man. I wouldn't say I'm a fucking like, you know, sought after product. I would just be like I've lucked out in the sense that my the interactions that I've had in my life and the people I've met have, have worked out to be relationships. And majority of the time, if I spend enough time with a girl and I think that we match up, it ends up turning into a relationship anyways because it's just like, oh, I am I get along with people. And I think a big thing is I don't express myself at all emotionally so that I just become like neutral. So then people are like, oh, you're fucking chill, dude. This is great. And then I don't say Do you anything. express yourself in relationships though? No. Why? Not emotionally, at least. Why? Because I well, just why? don't. I don't. I uh, my friend Kate. She she's like, did you cry at all when your car got stolen? Oh yeah, we've talked about I was this. Like, no, I will. I said I would, and I haven't yet. That was like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Dismissive of avoid avoidant attachment style. Yeah, is what you whatever are. that is. But <laughs> so I don't know if it's dismissive or fearful. Maybe. You know. Are you are you sometimes scared that people will tap into something and unlock a side of you that like you don't want them to see? The angry side. <gasps> no, I don't know. I don't know what I'm Usually it's of. anger or sadness though. Like usually it's one or the other. I've noticed with me, like even though I have the sad girl portrayal, it's actually a lot of anger. Anger, a lot of hate towards minorities. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. 
<laughs> Dinged it. See, you didn't deny it. That means you supply um, it. He means Virgos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Except Martin Edwards, you're a good Virgo. So it's a seven up. No, I don't think. Uh, I don't think I always have an option. What's the longest Remember? you've? What's the longest you've been single with no crushes and no one crushing on you? See, here's a very difficult thing. I don't ever see people crushing on me. I am fucking terrible at picking up signals. Like you'd have to write it down, put it in front of my face, and then shove What's my face in What's with men with this? And then read. Can you it explain this? Confidence. Why would you be interested? Why would that person be interested? What do I have that would draw that person to me? Why? They they be what stupid. But what don't see here's one thing that that for me is different and this is weird for me too because i i don't i get like flirting for me is kind of a funny thing because i just like when i was dating someone and when i was driving a boat she was also driving a boat like we were both kind of working at the same rafting company at one point and uh i ended up with like this boat full of gorgeous women and uh but i had a girlfriend and, and i've always been faithful to that like i'm very much respectful of that and uh, she, like, gave me the fucking eyes one day. Like the fuck me eyes? No, and like the fucking, are you talking to those girls' eyes? Like, Oh, oh, your girlfriend yeah, did. Oh, she gave you the, yeah, the jealous eyes. The jealous eyes. And then I after the was... tour, she's like, I saw how you talked to those people. And I was like, what? And she's like, you were flirting with them. And I was like, I asked them where they were from. <laughs> like, I asked them if they're having a good day and they want to, and if they're excited. And she's like, you are flir-. so for me, I have no idea what like flirting flirting is like. I get like <clears throat> once you get to a certain level, there's like a little more like physical and touch and, you know, like, winky, winky, facey, facey thingy, whatever it is. But I mean, mm. still, I, like those signals can go by me pretty easily just because I think there's still that battle. Like, why would this person do that anyways? Why would that mm. person be interested in signaling in such a manner? Dear God. Well, Okay. But like, it's not, I don't think, that's what I think. I think a lot of people go through that. And I think there's just this idea that sometimes other people don't. And it's just like, yeah, we all do. Hmm. No matter what. Like, I don't know. We're all just a bunch of insecure people. It, yeah, it goes back to that fucking thing that you were talking about. Like the people who put up the stories the most are the loneliest people. It's just like the people who maybe, you know, the clown is always the saddest. In the oh. sense of like... Yeah, I, li- I listened to a Sarah Silverman clip she posted from her podcast being like, comedians shouldn't own guns. <laughs> yeah. Like, essentially just like, yeah, there's a big problem with, yeah. with like, I-, I would say like comedians, but like performers in general, just this, look at me, laugh, like validation, Um, when really like we got shit that we have to figure out and deal with. Oh, yeah. There's uh do you know Simon King? No. Uh, he's just phenomenal comic. He's had a couple specials or, or done sh- like larger shows that have been televised. Um, and he posted one day and it, it, he's like, if I was given the option between a clean bill of mental health and being a comedian, I would choose a clean bill of mental health. Like, like there has to be a choice. Like you can't have both. Yeah. That's wild. Like he was like, if I was given the option to be mentally healthy or be funny, I would choose to be mentally healthy in the sense that like, He's just like, I go through so much shit in my own head and be, I'm funny because of it. And I, I get to laugh, but like, it's not good. Like, no. I'm not well. So I think funny, like as much as it's probably like a played over thing, it's like 
people who are laughing and making you laugh often have a little more going on than you might think. And that's why it's weird when people approach you after the show and they're like, you're fucking funny, man. Like you're great. And you're like, yeah, I'm not the person who you think I am when I'm on stage, like off stage. Yeah. I, I tend to still tr- try and carry that energy. Cause I want, you know, I want people to feel like they can talk to me after the show and, 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 not be like some fucking weird like performance artist where I'm like, that's just a character. Like I want people like to, at the end of the day, my goal has always been to please people and make people laugh and enjoy themselves. And if they come up to me after the show and they're like, thanks so much. I want to make sure that the person that they think that they know is there on the surface so they can receive a thank you back for like, I appreciate it. So that's why it's interesting talking to comics because you really get a sense of that off stage. Oh, yeah. While some of this is still performative, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really hard to talk to someone for over two hours and not get a glimpse of that off stage person. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the thing about this podcast. I'm always just like, this is it's the people behind the comedy. It's not yeah. just the comedy talk is fun. I love actually. Like, I mean, I could geek, like I could talk about comedy. Oh uh, yeah, I, I truly could. Geek out, but I find it more interesting. Twelve hours. How people take their life experiences and turn that into a performance, oh, and yeah. and bring an audience like on a journey because because that's the kind of comedy that I connect with. I know there's different styles, but I really like. Um, when people talk about their pain, I like that. Yeah, I, like that. I think what it is is relatability. Relatability, that's but so huge. I would argue this. <clears throat> there's a, and uh, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or assume that <clears throat> other people are certain are feeling certain things by any means. I don't think it's fair to assume that. I don't think it's right to assume that. When you make assumptions, you make an ass out of you and me. Exactly. But I will say this to contradict my own self. I look at certain comics and I see the way they write and the way they write is different and the way it's different is just the jokes aren't experience based as much yeah. as they're silly based. Yeah. And when I see that, I'm like, oh, this person isn't like me. Yeah. They're not working things out like I am. They're not talking about their experiences and in, in dealing with the pain or the, the sadness or the funny or whatever it is. They're writing these silly jokes, and that's cool. And then mentally, I'm like, I wonder if they go through the same things that I do, or they're just like funny person. Mm-hmm. And it can be harder to. I think that those people are like onions. Like it's there. Mm-hmm. You just have to unpack it. Um, but it is. Yeah, like like fucking Steve Mackey. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. So <laughs> forget I asked him to come on because me and Travis are trying to get him on. We're like, come on, Mackey. Yeah, it'll be you and Travis. I'll buy you beer. You can talk about whatever you want. Um, and he goes, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, I'm quite depressed lately. And I go, Mackey, that's perfect. <laughs> I want to hear that. Yeah. I want to hear Mackie, who's, you could say, I mean, I consider his stand-up like performance art. Like, I just oh, can't, yeah. I can't look away. For sure. Mac, there's no Mackie, and there is no other individual that I've seen, and he is <laughs> by far the hardest follow in the scene. My God, I know. Yeah. I love, he's like the one dude that I'm just like, fuck. 
Like, I understand where Travis is at, and Travis is at a pro level, and, you know, he's writing, he's got a sweet gig now, and, and uh, you know, he's working hard still, by all means. But um, Mackie, to me, is just, like, this weird, like, pinnacle of comedy. He I'm really just, like, is. You're just like, you're just this fucking unknown, one-off unicorn of comedy that no one can touch just for some reason. And I've seen him not do well. I have. Because he's a bit of a taste, but I like, but oh, yeah. I've seen him go up to crowds that are just so varied, and just murder. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? And, and he's just like, hyper train, hyperloop, <laughs> hyperloop, and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he just murders, and it's so cool to see. I like, I'd love to see. But uh, like, I want to hear. Like Mackie, have you ever had your heart broken, Mackie? What kind of mental health struggles do you deal with? Oh yeah, for sure. Do you sure. ever not There's... feel like because that's someone like we would never think that Mackie because he's just so good at what he does. You would never think that he has issues with confidence. Yeah, yeah. But from what I've learned, every single comic comic has issues with confidence. I fucking sat at that table after Travis found out about his job and heard it. We're all fucking insecure. Oh yeah. We're all it's, uh, if you're wildly com- insecure. Yeah. The comedic resume right at the head of it is uh, imposter syndrome for sure. How like do you, you how do we get over like that? You fi- I don't think you do ever. I think you like kind of muffle it some days. But I think at the end of the day, like there's always this idea like, ah, oh, I don't deserve this. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because then you're always working towards it. But there, there's also like a bit of a mental health thing where you like, you got to accept that sometimes you earn this stuff, you know, like you're not yeah. just getting this by chance like you you put in the time yeah so it's finding that balance and i think i think everyone kind of has those moments where you do accept the fact that you're like oh yeah you pat yourself on the back you're like i did do well today yeah i did i did have a good set i did write a good joke i did you know host the show well i did fucking step up and do something new and and you know and i think when you do have those moments it's important and then you're and it's equally as important to have those other moments where you're just like Maybe I don't deserve this, but I'm doing it. And because I'm doing it, I value it so much more because I don't think I deserve it. Hmm. What is the um, ideal? What's your ideal life look like? Comedy. In a, in a set city or touring? <laughs> touring. Touring. Always touring. Uh, yeah, I like to do comedy. Go around, fish a bunch. And, uh, yeah, there's so, a guy, a uh, YouTube guy, Captain Quinn, Captain and, Quinn. uh, he's a YouTuber. He's got like 50 K on YouTube and, um, he's just a fishing guy, but he does like comedy bits in between. Like he's, he's not a stand up, but he wants to do stand up. And, uh, I've been messaging him. He randomly like, I, I don't know if I tagged him or if he just liked something I put up one time. And it was like I screenshotted it because yeah. it was like this cool moment. I, love I was that. like, "This guy likes me. What? Isn't that wild?" So I reached out to him one day. I was just like, "Dude, you're the fucking best. Like, just a fucking fangirl kind of thing, right?" And ever since then, I kind of like have these random off chats where I'm just like, "Dude, how's this? How's that?" And he's talking about how he wants to do comedy. I'm like, "Dude, fucking let's chat." So I've been talking Club. Like biweekly, and my like the way I see it, I was like, "I'd be, I'd love to go meet him and." tour comedy and do comedy with him or something like that so my life my dream goal would be like to do comedy do fishing tie those things together because they're two very two things i love very much and preservation of the outdoors 
And then, uh, yeah, and I'll live probably at West in the in the long run. Well, you don't see yourself in Halifax. Mm, have you been to the mountains before? No, yeah, not yet. Well, then, yeah, not, not yet. What What's your? Do you want to be like? I I asked this, but I feel like kind of you know the answer. Kind of you don't. Do you want to be a stand up comic? Like, would you? And this is I stray. I tiptoe carefully over the glass. Um. Would you consider yourself as someone going for it or would you consider yourself someone who's treating it kind of like a hobby and you're just like, whatever happens, happens? That's a tough question. I think that I'm, I think I keep sheep herding myself back to podcasting, but like stand up is like the little bug in my ear going like there could be something here. But again, imposter syndrome and also inflated ego when you start, when you're new, when I started, I got tons of encouragement, tons of compliments, and then those compliments stopped, and I had to deal with just, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, am I still doing well? <laughs> it's not a bad thing at all. It's it's people want to be encouraging. They don't want you to stop doing it. Um, so they're very very nice off the top. Yeah. Um, but you know, I do have a lot of insecurities about my jokes. Oh yeah. I want to learn to write more well-rounded stuff. I don't want to just be, but I'm also like, that's fine. I'll get there. This is what I have right now. This is what's authentic to me currently. And this is what I'm working with. Uh, so I'm trying to like take the pressure off with stand up, but I am truly enjoying it. And I can't see myself saying no to opportunities if they came up. Like I just, yeah, but it's also like, this is harsh to say, but it's like, I really, I really like money. So I don't know if I want to like <laughs> go full tilt, but, but the thing is with podcasting, like my, I think my dream would be to have like a comedy podcast network where it's a mesh of the two. Like you said, a mesh of comedy and podcasting would be yeah, the dream. Your passions for sure. Cause the podcasting is more lucrative than stand up. Have you, do you know comedy here often? Was that? Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you should. I have a logo. I I made a logo, Big Cat Comedy Network, and it it just never got off the ground, um, which was going to be a a network in honor of Vaughn because he loved podcasting, he loved radio. Is Vaughn? Sorry. (laughs) Just be a real big dick. But I would love to help comedians start podcasts. I would like to have a little network where we all promo each other. And, um, you know, like I think podcasting, if you're a comedian, should be considered because. It's just another way of extending your voice. Um, and it, it can be lucrative. It can be. I'm not going to say that it is. No, but, but it if can you work be. at it. Just like anything else, though, comedy can be lucrative if you start doing corporate gigs for $3,000 to do 50 minutes. That's wild, right? Yeah, it's insane. Um, I want to go off topic here just quickly, just because you said promo. Um, I originally discussed with you. The importance of going to shows and taking photos of people and, and, and sharing them on Instagram and kind of thing like that to help promote local comedy and help to promote others. Um, moving past that now, what is your opinion on the fact that like you try and promote others, but other people don't promote themselves, so should I be bothering with it? Like, There's some people I'll take photos of and post on Instagram because I'm just like, Oh, I know they're going to share this and I know they're going to want to do this. And also they do this for others. And also they're actively trying to promote themselves. So like anytime I can, I'll try and get a photo of you. Sometimes I'm bad at it, but I know that you're also taking photos of others. And I know that you're actively trying to promote yourself. So I think that's valuable. 
where I find like sometimes you'll take photos of people and they'll just be like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, the thing is, you got to add like one of my favorite fucking episodes of ever of Intoxicate was the one with Travis called The Ecosystem of Comedy. Yeah. I think there's comedians and then there's people giving back to the ecosystem. Yeah. And the people who are giving back to the ecosystem, listen, we're all fucking selfish. All comics are selfish and egotistical and narcissistic. But I think the people who are giving back care about the scene as a whole mm-hmm. and not so much just for their own stage time. Like I like if I were to do shows, I wouldn't put myself up every single week. I just wouldn't. That's what makes you and I different. <laughs> but that's fine. But you can do that. But for me, like actually, I, I mean, I'm new, though. Right. So yeah. like that could be why I don't necessarily want to go up every week because I'm nervous. Um, but I do think that some people care more about the scene as a whole and that's why they do stuff like resharing, sharing shows that they're not even on, you know, I don't see the letting... point sharing shows that you're not even on. That to me is kind of weird just because people let most of the time people that are following you are going to want to, but like for you. intoxicated, for example, like where intoxicated where goes it's, a totally different platform. Yeah. It's where it's individual. exactly where it's, and that's kind of what I use it for where I'm like, this is a public instagram where i've had all kinds of different comedians on yeah and mostly racist ones and it's not just about me even though i'm the host so i'm gonna share shows that support the halifax scene in general yeah that's what uh they're doing with the halifax noise comedies page that's cool post to the feed more though robbie not everyone yeah. watches stories i have opinions feed. i have opinions on promo but no i and everyone but does like i just feel like Sometimes a step above bare minimum can do wonders. Like, uh, oh, for yeah. example, Gus is um, not getting a lot of love. Um, that that mic, it doesn't really get crowds ever. <laughs> it's really, really tough to get that room full. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a tough mic to do because of that. And so, like, for me, it was like, well, the guy who had the Instagram account died and we don't have the password. So that instagram account is yeah. never getting accessed unless we make a new one which yeah. we we could yeah easily. but i was like we just need more general promotion of that this happens monday nights not this monday here here are your people it's like comedy is on mondays that guesses like let's get it in people's heads and i did that new poster and i don't know if it was the poster that got people out but it was a really good crowd last week yeah it so, was it was a fun one so like I don't know. It's just little things like that. But I geek out over stuff like this because I have a pure background. So I like yeah, no, I like sure. to see what works and what doesn't. And I like to see... I just like audiences. I love an audience. Oh, yeah. It's way more fun to you do know? jokes in front of people than it is to not. Really bad jokes. Really bad jokes. Your jokes aren't bad. Does that say really bad jokes? Stop joke? being so yeah, hard on yourself. Really bad jokes, too. Stop being so hard on yourself. The first one's a real page turner. Don't be hard on yourself. Um, yeah, there's some real good ones in here. I mean, there's going to be some trash with anything, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> there's some real shit ones. Like, there's some some hot hot cross shit in here. Hot <laughs> cross shit. But, uh, but it is. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that answered the promo question. There I mean, bit. I don't know if I answered it in no, the way I want it reasonably, though. But I I just but think... I would say anyone who's promoting themselves is actually wanting to do something with it. Yeah, within reason. Yeah, I would right? say so. Have you invested in your own comedy yet? Ooh, what does that mean? Ooh, yeah, I don't well, even know if I get that question. Exactly. 
Ooh, have I invested in my own comedy? Yet? So the, here's the way I look at investing in my own comedy, and and you can you can agree with it. You can say you can you can choose what what aspect of it makes sense to you. Investing in my own comedy is buying notebooks mm-hmm. specifically for comedy. Investing mm-hmm. in my own comedy is buying pens specifically for my own comedy. Like I use a certain pen, I use a certain notebook. Like that's it. They're not like my pens don't touch anything else except for comedy books. And then investing in my comedy is then promoting shows that I know and I'm hosting. So using my own money to yeah. promote shows that I'm doing and using my own money to promote my own Instagram posts and stuff like that yeah. to build my own brand. So are you investing in your comedy? Yes. Nice. Uh, I do notebooks, cue cards, whiteboards. Yeah, I see the whiteboard. Um, Jesus. A lot of racist stuff on that whiteboard, folks. <laughs> The amount of asterisks over certain letters, I'm just like, no one else lives here. You could have wrote the real word. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm definitely doing that. Um, I definitely go overboard with the shows that I make, like my two live shows. Yeah, I uh, go overboard. I spend too much and make. Don't make that back. Usually. Oh, I get you. So, but that said, like but that's like a passion project too, and it's almost like this little sweet spot of like I don't mind not making money on this because I really enjoyed myself. Well, that's just it. Like I think it was like the first live show definitely went in the red for that because your girl rented a fucking popcorn machine and put custom stickers on the popcorn bags. Unnecessary, but I treated it like a wedding. Yeah, which is good, and honestly, it's like those small things too that kind of make it unique. Yeah. And I, I'm still so like that, but that's also the pinnacle. That show for me, like, was the pinnacle of like. It just sucks because like Andrew died so soon after that. Yeah, but it was like one of those shows that I like it wasn't the popcorn. It's hard for me to think back at it because it's like that was the before times. Like that was yeah. when shows were normal and we could pack a room, you pack a room. Everyone could fucking sit in the green room and just fucking chill and not worry about who's going to be fucking bringing the virus. I had a shit ton of comics on stage, like a fuck ton. Yeah. That would never happen now. No. And like, it's, it's just emotional for me. Cause it's just so, uh, yeah, ugh. it seems so far away almost, you know, like it seems like such a foreign concept now. As to when it was happening, you're just like, oh, this is cool. You almost didn't take. It's like when your your friends are like, high school is gonna be the best years of your yeah, life. Yeah, and you're like, what are you fucking stupid? Yeah, this shit. And then like once you you're dang, oh fuck, it was the best years of my life. Fuck. It it was. So it's like you might in that show, but like that was a fucking well put together show and it was super fun. It was just a stacked lineup. The whole evening was great. So and I want to do it again, that. but it's just it. And I wanted to do it. I probably won't do one for the four year just because that's coming up real soon. And yeah. There's just, there, I could try to do a toned down version of what I want, but it's venue wise. fun in that? Yeah, exactly. It might be a live stream. Like I might just invite, um, hand pick a certain amount of regulars, podcast regulars to just be like, eh, do you want to come over and be part of this live stream? Yeah. Do it. If not, that's fine. I have a lot of guests that I can invite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just to celebrate four years, which I think is, awesome but uh yeah i mean investing i think it's so important to invest because it shows that you give a shit it shows that you give a shit about the ecosystem give a shit about the ecosystem and also it it's accountability for yourself yeah i gotta do a good job now i put money into this yeah that's that goes back to like when you and i were talking about do you dive in it's like for me i dive into everything everything like when i first learned to fly fish um i bought like 
$700 with a shit before I even knew how to do it because I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. So, and now I do it all the time. It's my fucking favorite thing to do. And comedy is the same way in the sense of like, I'm putting my, I'm not making money right now, but I'm spending money on promoting my comedy in the hopes that in the long run, it turns out that I benefit from it's it. It's literally an investment mm-hmm. because you're getting your name out. People are learning your name. No one's going to promote you except for you. That's it. Like at the end no. of the day, like it's sweet when you get tagged in posters and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you don't share that poster and post it up every fucking day before the show, then you aren't doing stuff. And then when you're like, why isn't there an audience here? It's like, well, first of all, you don't have a draw. First, first things first, you don't have a draw because, hey, you don't promote yourself. Second of all, did you share it? No. Like as a, a show promoter, but also a comic, and you can relate to this, our jobs are we're booking the venues and trying to get people. But at the end of the day, we're a comic who wants to have the show where it's different. Whereas if I was not a comic and I was just a venue promoter, then, yeah, my hustle would be so much more to be like, I'm going to fucking pack this room because that's my job. That is my only job mm-hmm. is to make shows happen. Mm-hmm. So... When I do that, I'm always going to pack shows. But if it's a comic putting on a show, then you have to realize that, like, the comic's doing it for everyone. Like, when I throw on a show in Tadabagush, like, I'm doing it because I want stage time and I want everyone else to experience these cool shows. Exactly. And I can't guarantee that there's going to be an audience there because it's not my only fucking thing I do. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I've I've done the Tadabagush show a few times. And the first few times I lost money. Like I was same thing with your show. I lost money. I went in the red. Like I didn't even pay myself. I fucking paid everyone else. Mm. Fucking blew their gas. Like here's mm. gas. Here's money. Here's pizza. Like here's the show. Mm. Like I just want this to be fun. And I invested in it because I was like, this is something I care about. I want to do well anyways. But at the end of the day, like you have to promote yourself and you, and the more you do that, the more likely someone like myself or yourself is going to put you on a show in the long run too. Like yeah, if I, if I have someone on a show and I put them on a poster and they don't share the poster once, I'm kind of like, well, guess what? I'm not going to fucking put you on the show. I'll not put you on an open it. mic, but I'm not going to bring it on the road again. Like, yeah, I'm not even from here. I'm not even from fucking Halifax. I'm not even from Nova Scotia. And I'm like blasting it to all my people that I'm like, I'm doing a show in Tadamagush. And like yeah. everyone I know is on fucking West Coast on the fucking British Columbia. But I'm still like, <laughs> yeah. if for some reason you know someone, that could make the difference between five and ten audience members. Why the fuck would I not? There's yeah. no harm in doing it. Absolutely. Zero harm. And also, you just, you never know who you might hit. I get messages all the time to both my personal Instagram and my intoxicate. Is there a comedy tonight? And I'm yeah. like, Yes, there is. Here's where it is. I post about it all the time. Just make sure you follow this account. Yeah. Like, there's a huge issue with um people just not doing quite enough. And it's like, bare minimum, share the fucking show poster the day of the show. Yeah. Not two hours before. Yeah. That, and, and that That's, that's not enough time. And I mean, listen, you might share it two hours before. And you might still get a good crowd. Maybe those people are there anyways, and they stick yeah, around for comedy. Returns. Maybe maybe you lock out. But if you want to reach comedy fans that are looking for comedy, you need to be a little more mindful. Yeah. Of, like, promotion. and Yeah. Give a shit. Give, give, a, give shit a shit. Because at the end of the day, the more people that show up to the shows, the more people that you might turn into fans. The more mm-hmm. fans of you, in the long run, the more people that show up to shows. That's it. It's like a little, an awesome circle of yeah. 
mutual if beneficial you thing. Impress people, and they want to see more of you. They'll hunt you down eventually, and. The only way they see more of you is if you become a present source of promotion for yourself. Yep. If I write a song and it's really good and I only write that one song and someone hears it on the radio, they may or may not hunt me down. But if I write a few songs and continue, all those songs get on the radio all the time, people are going to be like, fuck, well, I got I to check this album out or whatever like that. And same with shows. If I someone sees me, and then I promote the fact that I'm also doing this show. Then they're like, oh, yeah, I liked it the first time. Why wouldn't I like it this time? Exactly. And they're going to continue to go and continue to go. Like, mm-hmm. I have an Instagram ad running right now for like 40 bucks that's just promoing one of my clips. And I'm not getting likes or I'm getting likes out of it, but not follows. But even that for me is just like, I hope that they see it and they interact. And then maybe the next time they end up going to comedy, they see me and they're like, fuck, I remember seeing that clip. I'm going to follow this guy because I liked it. Do you find you get follows from like any collaborate, like if like an, any intoxicated stuff, do you find you get follows from people who watch you on podcasts? The odd or, time, yeah, a little bit. It's hard to track those things down because they're not as immediate sometimes right. because uh, like the podcast, there's like a stationary, like almost like a, I wouldn't say a passive income, but a passive income in the sense that it's because it's always there. You never know if people are just watching it because there's a library of them, right? Right, that's um, so true. Whereas, I often wonder that though. I'm like, because that's my goal. Like, I want people to yeah, like hear, Logan, where people just want to go all the way back and watch my them goal. all. Right? My goal is to be the female. No, I'm not gonna say it. Elk but meat, but I mean, baby. listen, we're almost at three two thirty seven. You're She's already so rogan in it. You're rogan. Yeah, dude, we're fucking going for the record. I need to ask you one more thing. Though. Yeah, dude. Uh you, your face lights up when you talk about fishing. Mm-hmm. Like you can, I can tell. Like it's it's your thing. Love. Um, sell me on this. Sell me on fishing. I've never done it. What? Why should I do it? Um, why should you do it? I don't know. It's like the. <laughs> but I mean, you failed. Po- <laughs> podcasting is your thing, right? And like you like it, and you like doing it, and like it's a passion thing for you, like. Fishing for me is just kind of like a thing that like when I go do, my mind is nowhere except in that moment. And like I'm surrounded by trees and I'm surrounded by washing water and there's all these sounds and stuff, but none of it's like a screen. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's been there and it'll be there. And it's like, it's odd to go to, like it's odd to go to a piece of water and see a tree that's been there for longer than you have and will be there after you. And same with that river. Like that river has been flowing long before you got here. And ideally it's going to be long. So it's, it's, it's this world that could not give a shit about you. Love that. But at the same time you get to interact with it. And then also I think I'm so used to looking at my phone and seeing like these vibrant colors and like these things because your phone's designed like trigger these things. Yeah. Like bright colors, interaction, like these fucking, but like if you go fishing, there's certain fish that have all these cool colors that, beautiful, that, yeah. that you find in, in the natural environment and you're like holy fuck like this is a natural color that just comes around in nature and you're just like wow so having those interactions you know so, so it's an escape oh yeah it's an escape is 100%. it does it is it um because like obviously you're waiting a long time to catch or how long are you waiting to catch a fish how long does it take, <laughs> I, does it take to catch uh a fish? it depends it depends <laughs> i'll tell i'll tell you this i'll i'll uh toot my own horn a bit and just have a funny story um i i messaged ian black during the pandemic and i was like come on up to where i live out in the boonies there's a little river by my house or by the house i'm living in um and we'll go fly fish and ian black's a fly fisherman and uh so i was like we'll go fish 
And he's like, cool, I'll be there in the afternoon sometime around 12 or 1. So I'm like, cool. And I went out fishing that morning and I got into a couple of fish because I know the spot, I know the river. And so then I was like, well, let's go upriver where I haven't been and we'll try fishing. And so Ian and I fished this whole stretch. Neither of us saw fish, neither of us caught fish. We probably fished like an hour and a half. It was all new water and uh, nothing. And then on the way back, I was like, well, I can't let you go all the way back down to Halifax without catching the fish. So I like walked him to the spot. I was like, okay. I gave him the fly, which is what you tie on that the fish bites. It's got little feathers and a hook. And I was like, this is the fly you're going to use. You're going to cast it right there into that um, basically run of water. And you're going to catch a fish. And so he walks out tosses the fly lands there catches a fish oh my goes. god and you I just was, knew i just knew because i like i'd fished and i knew that river but like so it really depends on how long you've been doing it and, and where you're fishing if you're familiar with it and to me it's kind of like comedy in the sense where it's like i just know that's a good joke it's gonna that's land. your old material yeah it's like it's it's, it's gonna ah! work it's gonna work and in the odd day there isn't a fish in that run and just like the odd day your old shit doesn't work like you can't always that's rely on it so but there's gonna be the, the days where like nothing else seems to be working and you're just gonna cast where you think it's gonna work and you're like fuck yeah it worked so why because like i love all of this i love what you're saying so why are women so triggered by men holding fish on dating apps uh, i don't know i feel like it's like this masculine, <laughs> what is the triggering why is it so triggering I think for it's some like people? this masculine display of like look what i control in a sense right and most of the time they're larger fish like pike or muskie or striped bass is a big one especially in nova scotia it's kind of like look at the dominant side display and like look how i control nature and i right. think controlling nature is like this idea like i said with humans that we have where it's like i don't know most of the fish i fish for are like that big right yeah and small guys and they're like i just keep them in the water and and you don't um, brag about it. No, I don't. I don't care. I love I'll, that. Po- I'll post the odd fish photo, but I'm never like holding it like a fucking. You know, air look guitar. at me. I have like the odd photo like that, but I, I I I keep it more or less for my own sake, so then I can be like, oh yeah, I remember this time. Right. I'm not like displaying it to the world. Like, look at all the big fucking fish I catch. Look how fucking manly I am. So that's so, what it is, probably. Yeah, that's probably. I think. Yeah, exactly I think for women, maybe when they see man holding fish, it's like this display of like, look what I'm capable of. Look at me. But. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. We didn't really talk childhood. That's probably a podcast for another time. Oh yeah. No. Um, I, I'll sum that up. I had a great childhood. My parents are wonderful people. Oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, fishing. Most embarrassing moment in comedy. Did you have you been embarrassed overly? Not overly. I don't think I did. I bombed one time really hard, and that was at a corporate gig where there was a professional comic in the next room over just crushing. Like I bombed without a mic for 12 people while a professional comic was crushing for 200 people with a mic and we were 10 feet apart, just via separate via a wall. Jesus. Oh yeah. It sucked. That's brutal. That sucked, dick. Holy shit. So that was embarrassing because like you get to hear someone doing so well and then they're like, why the fuck? While why didn't you- we get this guy? And we got, we got stuck with this fucking loser. Uh, so that's kind of embarrassing. God damn. Um, but other than that, like I will say I've bombed a, a, a bunch, but I don't remember the bombs nearly as much as I remember like the high times of like where I, I felt like I did well and I was happy with the outcome. Right. Uh, and I will say this, there's going to be some shows where you don't necessarily crush, but you feel great about them because you're like, dude, how I delivered everything 
maybe they just didn't like it at that. But night. you and did. You personally did personally, well. Yeah, I felt like I had a blast. We didn't mention it yet. So there's a Patreon episode with me and Matt going over my recent bomb. Bomb. Um, and everyone tells me it's part of the game and you learn so much. And so we kind of talked through a bit of that on Patreon. But if you want a bit of a teaser, I just tell Sarah that she sucks. <laughs> but it was interesting that experience because I it wasn't as bad as I remember. No. It wasn't. But in the there moment, was some it's tepid, like, whew. tepid chuckles. Some tepid. <laughs> some noise. Like, oh, yeah. Happens. When you're used to laughter and there isn't any, it's the long silence. How do you bomb well? What's because one thing I noticed is that I n- I never addressed it. I didn't say addressing is is good. I will say this: if you address it, that's great. And if you get a laugh, that's good. But don't think you're saved because of that. Because they're not laughing at the fact that you're like accepting it. They're laughing at the fact that you're making fun of yourself. They're it's, laughing at the situation. The acceptance of the bomb is a self-deprecation joke. In the idea of like, whoa, I'm eating dicks up here, and like, ah, you're like they're just <laughs> laughing at you because they agree with you. They're yeah. not, they're not laughing at you because they feel bad. They're like, they, I agree, you suck. Um, how to bomb with finesse is more or less driving home your jokes and almost convincing the audience that they're wrong to not be laughing at it without telling them. Yeah, please. Yeah, without don't, telling them. Don't, don't say don't you're. Tell them. Don't say that's funny. You're wrong. Deliver yeah. the jokes in the manner of like in the same rhythm that you would as if they were killing. Yeah. And then that way they're like, maybe we just didn't understand them. And that and that's the case. Like sometimes you just don't. There's yeah. so many people in the world and so many different audiences and so many fucking conglomerates of people that come together. And to think that every time you're going to get everyone in the room is you're not. And then there's going to be the odd time where you get no one in the room. And it's not because you're a bad comic. And a lot of people will say that you have to, you know, you should be able to make anyone laugh. It's like, yeah, I can do that. You can do that, too. Mm. But is it is it being true to you as a comic? Right. Am I like there's jokes that I don't like telling because they're not me. But I'll tell them some nights because I know I just want to get a fucking laugh. You want to get something. So. It's interesting you said that. I actually so one of my best friends who's also preggers. Um, Fatty. <laughs> It's funny. She went through a whole surgery to fucking lose a bunch of weight, and then she got pregnant. Oh uh, yeah. Well. Um, she gave me like like oddly really good. And she's not even a comic, but she, uh, she said everyone bombs at some point. You just got a crowd that didn't connect with you. It won't always happen, but I get how shitty it must feel. And I went, that was a really well rounded message. Yeah. Thank you. And she's not even a comedian. Yeah. But yeah. she was like, but saying that like the audience just didn't connect. Like that was yeah. when she said that, I was like, that's interesting because I think that's exactly what happened. And and this goes back to what I was saying about the structure of your jokes when you open. And I don't want to tell people how to do their jokes and I don't want to tell you how to do your jokes. I'm going to say how I do my jokes for the sake of how it works for me. When I open, I try and do jokes that, are based off of my appearance and personality very quickly so I connect with the audience. So I accept and they accept and we're both in the same field. So then whatever I'm about to deliver to them, they see in the same vision through the same glasses that I'm wearing. Mm. Whereas if I don't establish that initially, it's a little more difficult for them to run at the same speed that I'm running at. Yeah. So it's so easy to be disconnected from an audience when you don't initially start by introducing yourself as a person. 
that, that people can just, relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if you go to your therapist, they probably want to know about certain things before they're just like, okay, but yeah, what's what's your? Did you get touched? Like they're not about to ask you that. They want to get to the weird stuff. Like, like they want to start off with certain things, and then they're like, did you get touched? Yes. So it's same thing with audiences. You have to kind of. Oh introduce yourself before you're like i also was touched <laughs> you know and like and that was the thing yeah in the episode we talked about how i opened with a joke with only fans where okay this is a bit wild and out there it's a very like, it's a very it's um jarring a little bit jarring, jarring but it's it's such a magnified look at a life that they're unaware of right that's what it is Ooh, yes that's gonna stick with me but dang um yeah you have it's the same with um uh the podcast that i work with and professionally Ooh. is hosted by a former news anchor and journalist nice and she is remarkable at figuring out where the conversation needs to go but asking all the right questions leading up to that yeah to get there and i think comedy's a lot like that too for sure with what you were saying like you need like you need to do certain things to ease people in and especially with dirty and dark stuff because oh can't, yeah but that's the, yeah it's just tough it's like <laughs> it's tough. you got a bunch of books on your shelf right if I go and I grab one off the shelf and I start reading it halfway through what are the chances I'm going to understand it as any well as if I was to start or any near as well as if I was to start the book at the front. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you won't. So what's happening when you're doing a a super magnified joke on yourself in the front of the set is you're opening the book halfway through expecting the reader to kind of assume what's already gone through the book, but you gotta be like, no, here's a, here's a little recap of what the book is about. Now we're going to jump into this chapter and it should give you an idea. So even if uh, even if you skipped three chapters, you got the introduction, so you have an idea of where the mood is. Right. Yeah. Whew. Now I'm just like, okay, what can I ease? <laughs> I know I'm like looking at my stuff, and I'm going, what's the what's the appetizers? <laughs> where where are the appetizers in this three course meal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. Podcasting for dummies. That's a good start. That my parents got me that for Christmas. What is that? Uh, and I felt like, oh, mom, I could have wrote this. <laughs> it says something. Le- leaving or loving cats oh that's oh god this is embarrassing that's a chicken soup for the soul book uh, i think i inherited from somebody oh sure cats. you bought it you don't fuck um, there's don't also this, your audience. Look at this, okay. this is uh this is just how this is just how add i am i was on a journey to try to get my mental health in shape so i got the book about adhd nice. scattered minds because i'm Scattered minds. For sure. And this book about depression, the Feeling Good Handbook. Look how big this is. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine going through and doing all this? Like, this is like, look how small the writing is. Like, I'm reading a book right now, and it's fucking the tiniest writing, and the margins on the book are insane, and I'm just like, too many big words. I'm, I've bought every self-help book ever and read the first three chapters, and that's it. And then I yeah. just don't finish them. I'm really bad at it. Sometimes some people don't need help that way. I mean, it's a, everyone's gonna get help differently, and uh, that's true. Sometimes when you're drinking it like that, you know, some people eat soup with a spoon, and some people sip it like it's a hot beverage. Oh, I love that. Have you ever been medicated? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw that out there. Like, nope. No, me neither. Medicated in what sense? Like, uh, like antidepressants no, or like anything, no, 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 pills. No. No, no, that would require me going to the doctor and talking about things. Dear God. 
It's uh, I, I can't. We talk. are men, I, and we will I bottle can't. it up until we die. <laughs> I can't talk because I'm so bad at it too. I've been saying for months that I gotta go and do it. We're gonna wrap this up because I I could have you here all night, but we're you gotta drive back to the wilderness. Oh yeah. I do need to end on a high note though because the whole episode was about what we don't like about ourselves. No, but it's good. We have to bring it back to okay. You 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 can't leave. Without answering something you like about yourself. And don't be silly about it. Something, a true thing that you really love about yourself. Uh, this is going to sound not cocky. I don't know how to say it. Uh, something I like about myself uh, and something that I take pride in is I really think that I try and make people feel welcome whenever they're whenever they're new at something. Yeah. I really feel like I try my best to see if someone's like in a situation that they seem uncomfortable to try and be like, "Hey, it's cool to be uncomfortable like mm-hmm. you're with me." Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Like with the popcorn machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it was a good fuck off. Like it was, oh, yeah, a, it was, it like, was a needed yeah, fuck, fuck off. off. Don't worry about it. Yeah, We're yeah, exa- exactly. Like, we got you. We're gonna be all right. Like yeah. you, you're doing it. You're, yeah, you're fine. You're so, very good at that. Yeah, I like. I like. I, like, I mean, truly, yeah. you and Travis, I think I owe everything to actually starting stand up because number one, it was you who put the bug in my mind back when you did the episode with Andrew Verge. Oh yeah. That was when the bug came in my mind. Uh, and then you, you kept reiterating that. And then Travis like gave me a pep talk like after one of his lawn laugh shows, being like, we're in a pandemic. Everyone's rusty. This is a great time to start. Do yeah. It. Do it. And it was both the combination of you and him that got me up there. So I thank you for that. What, um, what, do, you, uh, what do you like about yourself before the views? Oh, you turn this, this back stuff? on me. Yeah, dude. Quickly. Why not? Um... Hmm, I'm true to myself. There you go. No matter how brutally honest, I'm it's very self aware of how annoying I am, and I'm. I still. I, mean, I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't still, go that far. <laughs> I I feel like I bring it back to what we don't like, but like I feel like people think I'm annoying, but I just go well. That's you. You're. I am not your cup of tea. Yeah, and that's fine. I don't have to be for you. It's it's taken a long time to get there. Yeah, oh yeah. And you're going to battle with it every day. But, but I think I think people enjoy me because I say the things that they want to say. Um, I don't bullshit. Um, and yeah, it's I'm authentic. Authenticity. Authenticity. We did it, man. We did. This is great. Thanks so much for having me. This was uh <laughs> I was, Three hours. I know. When I, when we were starting this, we were at 36 minutes. I was like, oh, are we going to finish this soon? Because I wasn't sure what the, the the trajectory of it all was. But now, like three hours, I'm like, we Rogan, baby. We Rogan did. Uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember how long your other episode was. This, uh, definitely, be- this definitely beat it. This definitely beat it. I mean, I mean, I just got to say, it's still nothing. Me and Travis podcasted for four hours. Yeah. That ecosystem of comedy one was four hours. I love it, though. I think I have to still listen to uh, like almost half of it. It is such a good one. Because it's such a long one. I think usually whenever I listen to podcasts, I'm driving. So it'll be like to and from shows. But that's why I say a long form podcast. I I don't judge shorter podcasts because I'm like, they're cupcakes. Yeah. Uh, But a long form podcast is a ice cream cake in the freezer. Fucking love ice cream cake. Oh my god, I know. But I'm lactose intolerant. Oh really? So it's kind of a bad scene if I ever eat ice cream. 
It's all worth it in the end. It is. So once again, guys, Tatamagush, February 13th yep. at the Grace. And it's by donation. You could literally show up with a toonie and you're allowed in. Yeah. Come out and see because like you put together, if I do say so myself, a great lineup. Thank you. A great variety of people. Yep. Um, Like it's fucking going to be so much fun. I, I can't wait. To do, I'm just so excited for the fact that it's a Valentine's Day show. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be a fun show. I'm stoked that you're a part of it. Thank you for putting uh, me on. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. And uh, yeah. Plug your Instagram. Where can people follow you and find you? Can you can find me on Instagram at comedian underscore Matt underscore Baker. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Matt Baker if you just want to be my friend. Or comedian Matt Baker is my Facebook page. Hell yeah. Uh, I uh, have a business page on both my Instagram and my Facebook. I don't have a personal Instagram. So comedian Matt Baker is my business so if wait you go do you have there, another personal instagram that i don't I'm, oh okay it's I just the one yeah so i only post comedy shit right now Fuck and yeah. uh just because i don't want to get into it the craziness of instagram so if you want to go ahead and follow me i'd very much appreciate it uh because there are just one more set of eyes to kind of come check out the show and uh yeah please follow him because he does promote shows and it's another place that you can follow and find out about what's going on fucking Halifax yeah. and the Maritimes in general. And if you follow Let's me, I'll tell you whether or not Sarah bombed on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Don't even put that out into the universe. Without without a Patreon. I'll just do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> God. That'll be the next podcast. The recap of yeah, the recap. how Sarah let her first bomb get to her so bad oh, that she no. bombed a show. You're going to do great. Tadamagush is so, such a fun one. I'm really excited to just yeah be out of the city and see what it's like outside of these rooms that I'm... It, it, it's stepping out of the comfort world. zone. Stepping out of the comfort zone. It's going to be... It's going to be really, really good. But thank you so much, Matt. This was... My throat is sore. I'm thank you. talking. Um, you get to ring that bell. Just one. Just one, dude. I'm satisfied. I love it. 